Hello, welcome to Beer and a Movie, the podcast where we combine two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies. Sometimes achieving outstanding pairings and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to wash the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. I am one of your co-hosts, Carlos Cooper, and with me as always, Joe Hilliard and Dave Gurney. And we're here to talk about 2020. No, not the plague. No, not the election. No, not any of the other horrendous things that took place. We are here to talk about the good things, and that is the movies that were released. We are going to talk about all of the highlights and the lowlights of not just movies, but also of the beers that we consumed here on the show. We are also going to, in our After Hours episode... Mm -hmm talk about last night's events or three nights ago's events if you're listening to this the day that comes out not the day it's recorded the golden globes yeah you probably heard our (laughs) you probably heard our bonus i bring it up because you probably heard our bonus patreon episode that we brought out from behind the patreon paywall and gave to you the people for free and so if you dug that episode and you want to hear our follow-ups about where what we predicted, what we got wrong, and how we feel about the events that transpired, you know what to do. Patreon.com slash beer in a movie podcast is where you can access that content. Don't sleep on it. Uh, don't play yourself. But Joe, uh, I should do a beer. I, that, is that next, the beer? Uh, it's beer yeah. in a movie. We're going to do it in the proper order. That's true. That's we're, true. My we're glasses, I have yeah. two glasses. They're very dry, and bone I dry. apologize for that. Um, this is, uh, we're going to drink a beer that morally I struggled with because Ooh. I'm, a, I, I like to think that I am a generous man. Oh, I, I see. But I, I had a very hard time not drinking all of these before we could get to the recording day. And I have uh, only had these since Thursday. That's how good this beer is. I'll play my cards up front. I think I know where we're going. And this is going to be... I'm excited. Ooh. This is a collaboration oh, between yeah. Corporate Ladder Brewing Company and Untitled Art. And this is the Peaches Sour a la mode. It is a Berliner Weiss-style ale with peach, apricot, cinnamon, and graham cracker. It comes in at 6%. Artwork by Stephanie Hammond on the can. Beautiful artwork. Um, 16 ounce, uh, four packs you get of this one. Um, and uh, so we're going to get, we're going to juice it up to Ooh, start. I'm and, excited. Uh, You've yeah. had this, you saying. It was a four pack and these are my last two. Okay. You didn't, you're not coming in blind. I am not, no. Well, I can't wait to get that in the glass and take a nice bit. Mmm. Wait, with. wait for it, wait for it. Pour it. <laughs> I, was, I was more talking to Joe. Okay, to wait all right. It. I get it. Ooh, baby. Look at that. Holy smokes. This is like golden motor oil. Pardon me while I fill my glass. Ooh. Very. The s- nose is more subtle than I was expecting. I thought it was very be super yeah, I, sweet I, and. I can't but wait it, to dive in. I get in. the peach. I get the peach. Yeah. But, oh, this is exciting. Thank you, Carlos. Yeah, Carlos, I'm, good grab. Way, way to start off a big got, episode. Got it at uh, got it at Lucy's downtown. So if you're local, you know who the plug is. You know, 2020 was a big, I think, almost transformative year for beer in a movie. We hit in 2020 our hundredth episode. That's correct. And if this was some shitty little weekly podcast, it just would have been like a big grand kind of maybe a little bit larger than normal. But no, we did. You'll remember the Nick Cage extravaganza. Yes. <laughs> we hit our 200th beer in 2020 and we're right like before tonight, we're 290. And Whoa. if how 
what tonight if tonight goes the way I expect it to, we might <laughs> You think we're hitting three hundred? <laughs> this could be the biggest episode we ever had. <laughs> could uh, be the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna be pr- pulling the tapes off of Carlos's hard drive. Just no. And then of course in twenty twenty we nearly, nearly, nearly hit that goal of getting all fifty beers drank. So next year we'll be celebrating that properly. But I think we were two states away. Yeah, but at the end of the year, right? We 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 overlapped a little into 2021. To and why did we couple. not get there? We've kind of collectively agreed that had COVID not intersected with the year, we probably would have been able to get there a couple of weeks earlier than we did. I think so. It seems likely. It interrupted our progress. But it is yeah. the year of COVID, right? And it changed the podcast dramatically. Changed movie going. Changed the movie business dramatically. Yeah. And this year, if you look at the release, like what. The films that we were reviewing week to week, when we first got to COVID and the theaters first closed down, there was a glut of new releases. And that's when we were able to play. Right. Uh, and that's when we saw the $20 video on demand that we'd never done prior to that moment. <laughs> that's right. Do you remember the first video that we spent 20 bucks on oh, each? Oh, gosh. Which, which one was it? What was the first one that we cracked for? I know First Cow was... The fairly hunt early. The, the, hunt, the Hunt. Yeah. The Hunt was the sense. first one, yeah. yeah. I was, I was going to say that, but... I almost couldn't remember oh, if we did right. it or not, I, but we did. Yeah. I know we did. That, I, that almost made my biggest disappointment, just to spoil a category that's uh-huh. coming up. To, yeah. But uh, but not quite because I didn't have that high expectations. I mean, yeah. I searched my soul and I said, you know what? Going into it, I didn't have huge, huge expectations. So. Huge. This is the year we did our first, like, it's not the first. This is the year we did the summer blockbuster episode, just a couple weeks oh, before our 100th. Yeah. This is the first year we did a proper Christmas episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's the first year we did all horror all October, where yeah. every single release of the podcast in October was nothing but horror. I was very excited about that one. So what you're saying is that we're innovators. Yeah. We're constantly innovating. And, but COVID forced that innovation, I think. I mean, yeah, we, we might have done some of that sure. stuff, but it also we did that um, YouTube We Are One yeah. festival episode yeah. where we got to have our introduction to Wakaliwood. Yes. Yeah. And then the... Um, Big action stars. The electronic music one with the Yorowski oh, yes. granddaughter. The name escapes me off the top of my head. Uh, um, oh my gosh. If you hadn't asked me right then. Yeah. Yeah. What's the name I'll of that movie? It it's, uh, it's in French. Uh, yes. Oh. I, <laughs> good, good I mean, I think the title is in French, which is why I don't remember it because yeah. I don't speak French and it's more difficult to commit to memory. But that, I mean, yeah, I like but that. But has that, has that um, online platform being the primary way that we saw movies? Uh, evolved, we got a glut of those Oscar movies, the movies that were nominated for Golden Globes, right here in February. And those, mm-hmm. so those, those the shock, the future. That's yeah. right. But I didn't even get to looking it up. It came to me. Can't, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it might be can, fun. Like, can confirm. I will usually do statistics about beer. I didn't want to do that this year. I just want to talk about like how we creatively evolved, and you know, I think it was all for the better ultimately, as far as the show and the content of it. I, I agree, and I think not just we evolved and we and we went some different directions than we've gone in the past, and partly because we had to, but also I think for us, you know, the three of us in this room, as much as hopefully our listeners, we, we've uh, given some sense of uh, stability throughout the pandemic, right? I mean, we, mm-hmm. we have stayed on top of things, even when we were recording remotely, for quite a stretch of time, yeah. we were releasing an episode every week. So it was a Texas freeze that fucked us. Yeah, well, th- we still got an episode. Then we had the banked episode. So that's why you—that's why you put one in the bank occasionally. Yeah, and we did talk about movies in it. 
So it technically was a beer and a movie episode. I think so. Yeah, so we're going to talk about beer and movies, the best of 2020. Yes, it's happening the first week of March, but so be it. You know, that's just what it is. That's how everybody's doing it this year. What can you do? <laughs> so I mean, we're going to do our top five uh, films, our top three beers, all those categories that we had fun. So welcome to the Frothskers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it used to be the Bammies. The Bammies. Right? Bammies. Yeah. The, the, hey, uh, the Bammies, the Frothskers, it, it both works. Yeah. It's like the Oscars and the Academy Awards. They're the same thing. Well, I want to yeah. talk our top five films, like starting with number five. But first, that means that there's some, uh, and this is going to be maybe the longest conversation, the ones that narrowly missed that top five. What are some uh, of the films that... Uh, could have got there. Or you definitely. Now, this is going to be re- hard. We're, you're going to have to show restraint. I have a feeling some of us are going to say films that are on other people's top oh, yeah. five. Oh, we it don't. Could, yeah. That's could, the other. Could happen. We, no one knows about. No one knows anything that anyone's about to. That's say. right. Yeah. That's true. We, we know categories, but we do not know yeah. what the contents of those. Are. I, just like, just like if David comes in the shop or if Joe comes in the shop before we record, and I know mm-hmm. we know we've seen the films. Maybe a sentence is a sentence is uttered before okay, oh, and I gotta stop. We can't talk about it yet. Right. We don't talk about it before the recording. We hear it at the same in the same kind of way that you do for the very first so time. So you can hear the shock. You can hear you the can shock hear and awe, <laughs> the horror. I have been in a situation where the two two of us were together and our spouses were there and they had to talk about a movie while you and I just stare at each <laughs> oh, other in you're, silence. You're right. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> okay. I, and then I went home and said, Here's why David's wrong. <laughs> I don't know. Here's why Aaron's wrong. I don't know if uh, the we didn't set a limit for honorable mentions, but does anybody have more than three? I have three. I, I came have, up with three. I have three. Wow, I didn't see. I had four. Okay, I, yeah, go for okay, it. Okay, okay. So we're all close. David, what, you, you are want some, me to start it sure. off? Sure. And, and if some of yours appear on my list, I'm not going to say. Okay, the, right. Um, well, okay. So, so actually, wait. I can, I miscounted. I have five. Can okay. I? Can I do all? Do five? all five. All do right, all five. Okay. So. Th- Two are actually Spike Lee films. Mm-hmm. So, okay. you know, The Five Bloods and American, and American Utopia. Utopia, I thought were both excellent. It's it's a little bit strange to call American Utopia a Spike Lee film, but he did yeah. direct it and he did an amazing job mm-hmm. capturing this performance. And so I, I give him a lot of credit for that, as I do David Byrne and, and the whole, you know, sort of crew that, that was involved with that. So those two films, very close, definitely in my top 10 but didn't quite make it to the top five. His House, another film. Almost there. Was almost there. Mm-hmm. That really impressed me, stood out to me. I feel like I'm going to return to people need to take that film seriously. If you've just been sitting there thinking, ah, I'll get to that, watch it. It's yeah. worth One of the categories that. we'll get to is best score. And I listened to the score of His House just to refresh ah, my memory. Ah, interesting. Worth listening. Okay, I'll have to do that. Two. Um, and so the other two are actually films that I most anticipated coming into the year, and that's Kajillionaire by yeah. Miranda July. It didn't make your top five. Didn't make my top. I five. am shocked at that. You thought I'm it was not that be shocked by that. Okay. I am shocked at that. I loved it. You I, were so I, enthusiastic. I really that we loved about it. it, but there were five films that just kind of edged okay. it out. Yeah, this is um, good already. And then the last one. And the other is I'm thinking of ending things. Okay. So, the, which I know, I know I was probably the most positive on at the time, and I liked it. I I think it's probably actually my number ten in in some ways, but yeah. it's it's uh, yeah, I think a great the, film. And that is basically you giving us your top ten. Like that's ten. Well, through yeah, six. I filled it out to yeah with the yeah. five that didn't make the top five. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm. I, you know, I I think maybe I'm thinking of anything things doesn't make my 
honorable mentions because it's not something that I would like go around recommending to people. I would need to know you pretty well and like know that it's something you're into yeah. or something that you would take well, you know? Um, so my honorable mentions, David, we have a little overlap. Uh, American Utopia yeah. is in my honorable mentions and it's in my honorable mentions because even I, <laughs> When I originally was starting to write out, I was looking back at our list, and basically what I did is I wrote out all of the ones that I was like, oh, that could be in there, that could be in there, that could be in there. And then I looked at them, and I went, okay, realistically, which ones are top five and which ones are, you know, do I have to edge out? And that one, uh, even though it probably brought me more joy than most films that I saw this year, because it is a um, taping of a Broadway show, I did not feel right putting it in a, yeah, to a top I, I see, five I see your point. films. You know, it did make you but feel a joyous good. experience, but a joyous and, and, experience, and one that you know you'll go back to, and one that has you know defined my record collecting mission for 2021. Talking heads, completing the Talking Heads discography. That's great. Um, I like that mission. My other honorable mention is Possessor. Uh, uh, that's a good one. It is very, this was in, this one was in my top five on I'm, a couple, I'm on a couple, I, I, until recently, some things that you've seen have, have, uh, no, I mean in my top five as of like three days ago, like, cause oh. I, cause, because I wrote stuff out and, I've been, and I've been, I've been tinkering wow. and I've been trying to make sure that I felt really strongly and about what is in there and that, you know, why it's in there and those kinds of things. And this one's really, really close, but, um, I mean, this one's probably number six, realistically. You know, it's like right there. Uh, and then Tenet is the third. Ah. I'm kind of surprised that you gave that. I mean... This is going to be so good. Interesting. What do do? <laughs> all right. Well, good on you. I mean, yeah. I, I, we all liked it. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was a... We, I mean, we all I did, it love, I did love it. Yeah. That's that's great. I'm. I, you shocked me a little I, bit. There, and, and, and the reason why that doesn't make the top five and why it lies in the honorable mentions will be revealed. Ah. Mm. Uh, I'm thinking of ending things is on my honorable mentions. I rewatched that film and the stock in it rose dramatically. Yeah, that oh, film is that. worth a second watch and it, you kind of find and see you much like Spike Jones's other films, you know, or not, I know well, he wouldn't Spike involve Jones, Spike Charlie Jones, Kaufman. Charlie Kaufman collaboration. When you watch it the second time, now knowing where they took you, because that first time is a mind fuck. The right. second time, you can begin to dissect and yeah. put layers upon layers. It, it was narrowly not in my top five. Mm. Uh, ne- never, rarely, sometimes, always. Mm. Narrowly misses strong my film, top five. Strong film. I, I Very think good. I, the more I think about that film, the more I it grows. And then lastly, One Night in Miami did not make my top five. Okay. But I, I was just talking about the movie enjoyed it very, film. very much, even if it's just for the performances of Cassius Clay and Malcolm X. I think they just crushed it, but didn't didn't make it. But that brings us to our top five. Our top five film of the year. Carlos, you wanna go first? I can, yeah, certainly. Um coming in at number five. <laughs> uh, number five. It's to five bloods. Oh, oh nice. It's to right. five bloods, yeah. yeah. Um you know, maybe there's some influence there in its like criminal uh, omission from the Golden Globes nominations. I mean, I didn't think about that until just right now, but um, I just, I really liked that movie. It was great. And I thought it did so many good things. And I just, I just loved, I loved pretty much everything about it. And 
I think that because it came kind of early in the pandemic, it has been slightly overlooked. Um, I think you're right. And, you know, that is something that can happen. Um, you know, the you play the cards you're dealt kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's unfortunate that that's the way that it played out. But I think that people will, uh, in hindsight, come around to realizing what a strong film this is. And I mean, uh, Delroy Lindo, mm-hmm. is that yeah. his name? Uh, the performance the man gives is he, just he should like have been nominated. Other, it's yeah. just like I mean, he was he was in his bag. He was just like he was fucking Michael Jordan hitting yeah. six three pointers back to right. back and looking at the ref going, I don't know. He was just like <laughs> in his zone doing his yeah. thing. And I mean, one of you know some of his maybe his best performance he's ever given in his career. And I think just you know um, a really you know fresh perspective true perspective real important perspective on an era of american history that we've seen in film right time and time again but done in um, a different but way done, but yeah, done in a way absolutely. that i think is important and that i th- think was also just entertaining great despite soundtrack. how convenient oh, yeah. finding the that gold. thing on the hill yeah. when yes, the guy yes, was yes. pooping no, may have been poop <laughs> <the> <laughs> we, we, we hashed this <laughs> out on there. No, no 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 we don't need i'm to sorry revisit. to bring it up i'm sorry but, to bring it up but i i concur with you wholeheartedly i mean it made my honorable mention it's yeah. it's definitely a film that stayed on my mind one that i need to rewatch. i also want to 100 agree because I, I don't give it the love that you two do yeah. yeah. So uh, my number five, if there's a fantastic horror film that comes out, I want to honor it. So my number five is Possessor. Uh, and I love that. Yeah, it is fantastic, gruesome, beautiful, if you will, body horror. I've got the score coming in on vinyl soon. But nice. not only that. Shameless plug. Oh, yeah. I'm probably going to ask <laughs> you for it. Spoiler alert. Um <laughs> But I, but I, uh, I, I've got no words for how much this film I think is multi-layered, fantastic science fiction, yeah. well, done well. Uh, the concepts that it, you know, all of the we talked about it in our review, all of the little winks at old movies from the Matrix to uh, some of his uh, Brandon director Brandon Cronenberg's father's works. Possessor is one that uh, you should see. There are two versions of it. I had a buddy that watched it and watched the rated version somehow. Oh, really? You can find that. Interesting. See, yeah, the rated version yeah. exists. He's right. that kind of friend that would be the only guy in the world that found <laughs> the wrong one. It was really tame. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> I'm sure even the <laughs> cut version oh, it's of this be. is pretty it's, crazy. Yeah. It's just 37 seconds more of face peeling off. Yeah. Um, a very haunting impression on me. It's my number five. Well... My number five is Possessor as well. <laughs> okay, okay. So I, okay. Joe's kind of stolen my thunder here, but you know, I, I agree with all that you were saying. I love the film. It was, uh, it got under my skin. Uh, I think it was supposed to. It wanted to, mm-hmm. and I'm definitely gonna need to rewatch that one in the near future. I'm excited to see what else Brandon Cronenberg does. Yeah, same. I, you know, you wanna keep like, the party going? Yeah. I'll do my number four. You want to do number four? Let's hear. Um, you only have to go back to last week uh, to know what my number four is or no, to have no. heard us talk about it. Uh, it's the film that we waited to mm. see before we did this episode, and that's uh, Chloe Zhao's Nomadland. We talked about it at length last week. I feel like we're almost talked out about it. Frances McDormand. Uh, Frances McDormand loses her job, loses her husband. 
pulls together a little money to buy a van and sets out on a nomad lifestyle. And we meet fantastic characters along the way while seeing America at its most beautiful on a film that probably should only be seen on the large screen. So, yeah, I like that a lot. Number four. It's a great film. Uh, my number four, I'm pretty certain, will not show up on anybody's list okay. other than mine. And that's First Cow. Oh, uh, yeah. Ke- you're <laughs> fucking right about that. I, I thought it might be your number one film from I, everything you've talked about. I know. <laughs> Uh, it you know it really almost could have been. It's a great film. Uh, I think I did did it justice on the episode that we did on it for for our listeners. If you want to go back, episode one hundred four, um, check out my full throated defense of why <laughs> this is an important kind of film to pay attention to. Uh, one that I you know somewhat perversely. Uh, wish I could see on a big screen. You'd think small film, you can watch that at home. It's just the same. No, not at all. That's a film that I want to just be fully enveloped in. I want to live in its world, a historical drama, but with a sense of humor and a heart that just, I don't see replicated in anything else that comes out uh, alongside it. So Kelly Reichert wins my heart again with First Cow, my number four. It's also got some beautiful food porn in it. Yeah. <laughs> when they make those biscuits. That That's is, right. They I want to go one of those some biscuits. recipes, yeah. Where are we going, Carlos? Excuse me, I had to take a That's sip okay. of this delicious beer before I got to my number four, which will probably cause somewhat of a ruckus, but <clears throat> it's Promising Young Woman. Oh, I'm not... Yeah. I'm I'm almost surprised it's not higher. Oh, interesting. I well, was, you loved the film. I yeah, did. Know you loved it. But I don't know... I, it's you know it's always interesting the way you perceive yourself versus the way other people perceive you because mm-hmm. when I was doing it I was like man I'm kind of surprised that this is making my top five should it be in my top five and I really went back and forth on it a lot but I think what pushed it over the edge what got it on the list well you know it's something that we talk about or that at least I talk about a little bit uh, on this show maybe more so than the two of you is that I think that a film being enthralling and super entertaining and like uh, really just like sucking you in, putting you on the edge of your seat and just like keeping its clutches on you the whole time is like a valuable thing, especially when it's done in a film like Promising Young Woman that has an important message and that is, you know, telling uh, a story that there is like really substantial like meaning behind, you know? And so... I think that for me, the fact that you can, I think you can feel it. <laughs> um, it was a little baby pour you yeah. just did there. I was trying to watch the terrible taste of failure. No. It gets super thick at the bottom. I, I don't want uh, you to, I mean, again, we had the largest fight about that, about Bo Burnham. But yes, I and I've had you, that fight a number of the times. The third act of this film could have appeared on my top five. I enjoyed you, this film a lot more than maybe you left thinking that I did. Uh, maybe that's true. Um, but yeah, for that for that reason and for its um in my opinion very uh successful blending of styles and tones and maneuvering through different emotions and you know themes and things like that i just thought it was super impressive and i am not super familiar with carrie mulligan uh and you know i thought that she was great in it it was I, I probably have seen her in something before, but I just don't remember. Drive. And so it was almost kind of like an, oh yeah, that's right. I don't like that movie. <laughs> um, so it was almost kind of an introduction to her for me, which uh, was really nice. Mm-hmm. Love the Paris Hilton song in it. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, it just, it, it did, a, it did a lot for me. And, 
you know, so I put it in there number four. I hate to dig in, but if you took that pharmacy scene out, it would have been almost well. Yeah, I disagree. So I know, I know. I I know we're we're getting through these films, but I thought maybe we'd get another beer going. But before you beat me to it, before we jump. Maybe we should say something sure. about this one that it's we've been drinking. Idea. This beer is... T- we tend to get sloppy on the beer reviews toward the ends of these episodes. Yeah, sure. well, well, let's call. try to stay on top of it. Here, uh, so Peaches Sour a la mode from Untitled Art. Man, this one is impressive. It's fucking I good, right? <laughs> just, I mean, this really is, as far as those smoothie uh, sours go, this oh, is top so of the good. line. What's affecting the mouthfeel so much? There's the volume, fucking tons of the fruit. Volume. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's <laughs> fruit. The there's a shit ton of fruit, yeah. I think. There's no lactose. It's not that kind of beer. I don't no, think there is. No. Uh, this is a delicious beer that's full of... Look at your glass. Get, what? I you mean, look at the, the glass. That's how you know it's good. Well, yeah, that's... I, I took Coated. That, I... You, we got onto me because I didn't take a full pour there at the end. I snuck a little taste, but it, it was so thick when it came out, you could tell I was getting that settled bottom third of the can. Well, it's but great. who cares? Yeah. It's, it's not... It's... This is stellar, and when Untitled Art and I know they collaborated on this one, yeah, with, with uh, um, Corporate Ladder. Oh, okay. They when they knock it out of the park, they knock it out of the park. Oh yeah, and they did with this. Good job. Yeah, I, you know, I told you guys a story about a mm. you know stressful evening that I had uh, recently, oh. but I left you know said stressful environment and i came home i ran a bath dropped a bath bomb poured me a pint of this oh. into a glass put the chris gethard show on and i don't know that i've been happier in my life oh, fantastic <laughs> it was just the most relaxing it's just mellowing just like man this show is so good this beer is amazing there was a little dragon action figure in my bath bomb that's oh. a whole other story it was a great time so I, I, so I, I, I just I really latched on to this beer emotionally. <laughs> I'm, I'm latching on to the fact that we got a gurney rogue in the house. Yeah, well, so because we got to keep talking film here, so we need some more fuel for that conversation. This are we is... taking a break? This episode? Are we just? Yeah, there's we'll a break. See, at some we, point, we, you know, we yeah. could just keep going and just keep cracking them. Well, we we are right now, and this is from uh, our friends up in the north, Michigan uh, Brewery Vivant. They have a series of beers that they do called the Plein de Vie, and I don't know what that translates to, but this is a barrel-aged sour. Uh, to be more specific, it is aged in Pinot Noir barrels, so I'm going to pass that around here. We're starting off on the sour end of things, boys. Yeah. Not that the Untitled Art was all that sour. They had a little... Should I go ahead with my three while we're uh, getting these in our glasses? Or... Actually, uh, the, our biggest disappointment film of the year. Biggest oh. disappointment. I'm glad that you asked, Joseph. Uh, is that is that no. your legal name? I'm Joe, on my, <laughs> I'm Joe on my birth certificate. It throws people off. That's what that's what I thought. Wow. Um, as I was saying, Joseph, out loud, I was like, I don't think that's a real thing. Uh, well, it's as a lunchbox, my friend. My biggest disappointment. Um, I realized what a disappointment it was the other night. Um, we were. We decided we were gonna, you know, when we got, when Kylie and I got home from work, we decided we we're gonna watch a fun comedy movie, and so we're scrolling through some streaming services, and I passed this one, and I was like, Ugh. and that we ended up watching. I think you're gonna steal mine. We 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 ended up watching Barb and Star go to Vista oh, okay. Del Mar. Oh, you did. 
It's really good. Okay. I really enjoy it. Is it, it. And is, it a, I, is it a rental still or is it, it is yeah, still okay. a rental? Yeah, and it's 20, an expensive right? rental, yeah. yeah. But but we did it mm-hmm. and I didn't regret it and I just wanted to shout the movie out because I don't think we'll do it on the show. But I did have a great time watching it. Uh, I thought it was really funny. And but yeah, my most disappointment my biggest disappointment, my most disappointing it was King of Staten Island. Oh. Okay. Then no, we don't we don't no. It was I I I really like Judd Apatow and at the it could have been mine. At the time that it came out, mm-hmm. I hadn't soured on Pete Davidson the way that I have now. Now You were I, on a Pete Davidson high. You would liked his uh what what was the one on Hulu that you would like earlier? Yes, in the big year? time adolescence. Very so you were good. actually on the ascendancy. I, with I was Pete and after I you know, that movie I think kind of brought me down to a more neutral area and then pretty much every fucking thing he does on SNL is stupid and fucking terrible and I am just really over it but that movie was where the sourness began because it just wasn't good yeah Uh, and I it should have been I mean you got Judd Apatow like Judd Apatow could make anything funny if he really put his grip on it enough you know but I don't know if he... But he wants the pathos, too. He wants yeah, the pathos and, too. you know, you can do both. Yeah, the Ted Lasso showed us you that. You can, but it's tough. I, mean, I think of the three of us, I think I was the one who liked it the most, and surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that said, I'm not I'm not going to go to bat for this being a film we all need to see, so, yeah, I, I get it. And, and given the pedigree, it, it felt like a movie that was going to be more. I get it. I get yeah. it. It makes de- sense as a disappointment. I definitely thought it was going to be better than it was. Probably and- my top two biggest ex like the ones I was looking forward to the most at the optimistic January first, two thousand twenty, mm-hmm. was Wes Anderson's, which we haven't seen yet, oh, French yeah. Dispatch, and uh, Mank. I mean, David Fincher. You've got, I mean, a dream team here: the acting, yeah. the score, the the director, the writer. Uh, the subject matter. We had just recently done Citizen Kane. Uh, I think Citizen Kane was our companion we film. We did it, for yeah, 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 of course. So as big of a fan as I am, back in episode 119, we did Mank. From expectation to experience, this is the most disappointing film of the year. Oh. That's uh, interesting. I, you I really liked, liked it the most. I attempted to rewatch it. Yeah. And I just, I'm not, I will give this another fair shake, start to finish, but yeah. I, I don't know, I just, I, it, it didn't live up to what I needed it to be. So in the rewatch, you realized it was a disappointment. No, in the first time I realized it was a disappointment, I said, let me give it the second film but try. You, I, I recall you really liking it, uh, at least defending it. Yeah. He didn't, I, it wasn't a, yeah, he was the most positive. The most sure, positive I was the most positive, but even then, maybe even at the moment, I was like, I needed this to be so, I needed this to be what I needed it to be that I, I might even be pushing a little harder for yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a big disappointment. Man. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, mine was one that maybe I should have had low expectations going into it, but because of the source material and me having some love for that, I was hopeful, and that was downhill. The uh, Will Ferrell, Mm -hmm. Julia Louis-Dreyfus reimagining of Force Majeure. Which we all love. Force Majeure is so good. It was. And I had seen that years, you know, as I talked about on the episode. I got to see Really liked it. It Had a much creepier and more um, just sinister tone to it. Downhill Mm -hmm. never achieved that. Downhill had, you know. And it didn't achieve You can listen back if you really want to. (laughs) <laughs> it, episode it, 78 but it, it was did, early in the year it was but yeah. but it also yeah because i saw it in a theater yeah uh it also didn't achieve the comedic highs that it hoped for either and so i think no. that's where it went wrong compromised is that, on all levels it, yeah is that force majeure those like 
kind of siren things that play yeah. or whatever, you know? It's like very, oh, you know, and just the kind of quietness and the stillness of a lot of yeah. it mixed with the kind of tension of what's going on in the story really works. And so if you're going to do the Will Ferrell thing and not have it be as tense, it's got to be really funny. And yeah, it just and they, didn't happen. Uh, no, for they, them. They, try, they tried to find a middle ground. So yeah. that, that one was a big disappointment. Just I, I had higher hopes. I think I was the one who pushed it for us to do an episode and I regretted it. <laughs> now, the other side of that spectrum is the idea that you have no or low expectations and a film is a great surprise. Right. Is it better to have... Is it better to be a film with low expectations or no expectations mm. and then it be a surprise? That's a very interesting question, actually. I think that, I think if you're a part of the people, a part of the team making it and releasing it, you would hope for no expectations for some reason of like, oh, maybe it's like an unexpected pairing of, you know, leads or a director taking on mm-hmm. a weird subject matter or whatever but i i because i can't imagine low expectations being a thing you would hope for low expectations but it was a surprise and i, I this is not my pick for the category this is just something i, I want to say this film's name one time on this episode in case it doesn't you can't kill david arquette Oh, yeah. I had such low expectations sure. for that yeah. and it was such a wonderful like surprise and carlos i think you said it no, no, David, you were the one that said that it took you a good one-third of the yeah, film to yeah. begin rooting for the guy, and maybe, and for me, it was stop trying to figure out how much of this is fake and how much of this yeah, is real, right. and just enjoy the experience. But, but That was a movie that I wanted to find a way to fit into one of our categories, because I did really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad that you guys are bringing it up. It isn't one that I, I had made that uh, point for myself, but I'm glad you're doing it, because it was that good of a film, and it does deserve to be talked about and get people to see yeah. it. But that's not my pick. My pick is no expectations, and it being a great surprise, that's a black bear. Uh, a film about what starring who Aubrey Plaza yeah I kind of I like her on Parks and Rec and yeah. she's great on talk shows and stuff now but. geez I'm surprised I felt like this was going to land in your top five. Oh, and who's to say it hasn't I'm just saying oh, the biggest surprise it, of the it is your most surprising yeah, for sure this is my most surprising be, film okay, of the year right. Black Bear and how good it was compared to having no expectations whatsoever I, yeah. I, I, y'all want to watch this okay that I mean that makes sense and it I, it almost could I mean based on the criteria that you're giving it, it could also have been yeah. mine for that category. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not the one that I picked, but I mean, we feel the same. It mm-hmm. seems about it. Yeah. David, what was yours? Palm Springs. That, hey! that was, uh, you yeah. know, Palm one that Springs. I did not have. I can see myself doing that one too. You know, I did not yeah. have huge. It was in that period where we were in that sort of drought of new stuff. Yeah. And it's like, hey, there's this new Hulu movie with uh, Andy Samberg. Yeah, sure. We'll we'll watch it. Oh, it seems to be some kind of like time loop comedy. Oh, they're yeah. riffing on Groundhog Day. Okay, that might be good. Mm-hmm. But it was really just, as we talked about in the episode, just really tremendously well executed. Great performances. Uh you know, just great cinematography. It looked good. I mean, it was just like, it was a great yeah. film front to back. One that I know I'm going to, I just watched uh, Groundhog Day for the first time with my daughters. I'll wait a few years, but certainly <laughs> yeah. when, when they're ready for the content yeah. in total, I'll be watching that one yeah. and, and we'll be laughing all over again. So, yeah. Uh, again, 
by the criteria that you're giving it, it also could have been the same for mine because because it wasn't a movie I knew was you know yeah. it wasn't discussed in our most anticipated mm-hmm. at the beginning of 2020 mm-hmm. like the movies that we were excited about seeing I didn't even know it was happening right uh, and then here it appears uh, but yeah um, that's a good one uh, my most surprising was Tenet. Oh, that makes sense. That Uh, makes sense. Which is the reason, and, you know, I know that, I know that categories can overlap, you know, like Joe said, like who's to say Blackberry isn't in my top five. Um, I chose to not put this in my top five. I made that conscious decision of like, you know what, there are a lot of other films that I liked that can just as easily make the top five. And so I'm going to reserve this for the category that for me it most belongs in so as not to double dip and put it in most surprising because as we know in the many conversations that we had I believe many of them on air as well leading up to Tenet I was getting very sour towards Nolan especially yeah. given yeah. his you know you got to see I mean it I the theater, I honestly you know? thought maybe we wouldn't do it because I thought you were kind of just liking the idea that we might skate by without even touching it Yeah and and honestly I I was of that mindset for you know a good part of the year i think you know and like because there were people coming in the shop once we reopened and once the film was in theaters and stuff talking to me about you know have you seen it are you going to see it like when are you going to get to a theater and see it and every time i just kind of was like eh, i don't know i just uh, just not that important to me you know yeah. whereas when inception came out in 2010 you know, I had just gotten off a plane. Yeah. I was very jet lagged. I, I, I yeah. think you told this yeah. story. I took, that, yeah. I took, I, I got as, I got some sleep. And the yeah. first thing I did when I woke up, literally didn't do anything else from being in the States again. I went straight to a theater and watched Inception. Yeah. Like that's how psyched I was and how, how devoted I were, was. Yeah. And this one, I was just like, oh, whatever. But then once I watched it, I was like, fuck man, there's a reason this guy is who he is. You know, there's a reason that, People are willing to give him the money that they're willing to give yeah. him to make crazy shit, you know? Uh, and so that one, given where my expectations were, like Joe talked about at the beginning of this category, given where my expectations were and, you know, the experience that I had watching it and how kind of eager I am to get back and watch it again, kind of, you know, having the lay of the land, like we were talking about with I'm thinking of ending things. And being able to kind of, okay, I know where this is going now. I know kind of what happens now. Let me exist in it in that way and kind mm-hmm. of see it from almost a different perspective. Let me see it backwards instead of forwards. Uh, so that was my most surprising. That's great. M- movies are only half the equation. Right. So it's uh, we do our top three beers. Mm-hmm. Movies get a little extra. I don't, I don't know why we ever did that. But anyway, but, uh, the number three <laughs> beer of the year. Uh, of all the beers we had, 52 episodes, that's 104 beers, give or take. Uh, it's usually Plus higher probably, than that because yeah. of the road. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, for, for me, the, you know, if I'm going to go uh, with my third favorite beer, I got to go for one of these smoothie sours that we've had. Okay. Um, you know, I feel like I would be totally lying to myself if I tried not to have one in my top three. And looking back over what we had had, I think the brains from brains was uh, good. From Drecker, been on my honorable mention list. Yeah, for beers, brains was good. Which actually, I think we had two different yeah, versions. We did, of, yeah. We but uh, for me, the passion fruit orange guava was what I remembered the best, yeah, and uh, you know, just very tasty, flavorful, sweet. Yes, 
Fruit-filled, yes. To some people, doesn't even qualify as a beer. I get it. Send me your hate mail. I I understand it. But I like drinking it. It tasted good. And and, uh, it, along with many other smoothie sours that we had over the year, I totally feel no shame over uh, having in my fridge from time to time. So Yeah, for sure. This was the year of the Ziploc bag and the bowl for beer. Yeah. (laughs) The very careful opening Mm -hmm. of beers. Yeah. Uh, My number three is next, I presume. And so I will... Uh Oh, Oh, he's picking it up. He's got the bottle right here. Here it is. It is a bottle that made it into my windowsill display. That was good. Uh, This one is from Brash Brewing Company, which I kind of went after recently. Weird. (laughs) Accidentally, I don't know what what that rant was about, Uh, (laughs) but it but it happened. Uh, This one, and this one also has a kind of special place uh, for me because I picked it up at the last real concert that I went to before the lockdown. Oh, yeah. The last show I went to was the Blind Owls and the Knox Boys, but that was at my shop. I was at work, kind of, technically. Mm. Um, it was kind of small, but this was the first like concert, like big show, lots yeah. of people, big stage, whatever. I went and saw Ohm, uh, oh, which is yeah. Al Cisneros from Sleep, mm-hmm. uh, and saw Ohm at Brash Brewing Company in Houston, Texas, and I picked this bottle up while I was there. It is Hurt, the uh, Imperial Milk Stout that they do with habaneros, I believe. I I Um, remember it, yeah. Yeah, it was good. I, you know, we've had had some bombs from Prairie. We had the Abraxas recently. And that one has some peppers in it. Anchos, right? Ancho chili peppers, if I remember. I think so, yeah. Um, Which, you know, I... I like those beers, and I like the uh, the pepper in them. Uh, but in those, we're talking about like kind of chili peppers being added to add some complexity to the flavor profile, a little bit of depth, a little almost like texture, flavor wise, not actually in the way that the word texture, like actually the definition of the word. But this one, this hurt was fucking spicy. Like yeah. legitimately had spice to it. It was intense. Where it was like by it kind of stung a little mm-hmm. bit, you know? Uh and I thought it was really good. And I was I was talking about this to Josh on Saturday, because my top three beers I didn't have a hard time with. I oh. knew instantly oh, wow. what they were. Um and I was talking about this one and I said something about I was like, you know, if this was a beer I could get easily and I knew enough people that were interested in this kind of beer to split the bottle with me, I would drink it often. Wow. And he was like, oh, who cares how high the ABV is or whatever? And I was like, oh, it's not about that. Like the ABV is, I don't even remember what the ABV is, probably like 10 or something, maybe nine. Um, It's not about that though. It's just that it's kind of an intense experience. And, you know, as much as I like the beer, it still isn't a beer that I want to drink this entire bomber of you know Mm -hmm. i'd much rather split it and have a little bit of it and really enjoy it rather than trying to force myself to drink the entire bottle Um, right it's definitely a beer to be shared yeah i I get it because it's intense and and in uh covid times those beers are tougher to deal with yeah uh, they are we'll get back there soon uh back in episode 80 we did a 12 percent american india american imperial stout collaboration and in my mind, the two breweries were in the conference room, and one of them brought in big bats of peanut butter, and one of them brought in loose bars of chocolate. <laughs> and then there was like a mishap, 
I think and I know then, what it is. Uh, Hidden Springs Ale works out of Tampa said, your peanut butter's in my chocolate. Yeah. And then Untitled Art said, <laughs> your Carlos. Your chocolate's in my peanut butter. Yeah, and we had their um, peanut butter cup stout, 12%. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was very good. And it we was. oohed and awed about how decadent and rich and... Uh, uh, complex it was. I mean, look, we already had an Untitled so Art So when you tonight, pulled out you know? Untitled Art, I was like, oh, shit. It's all <laughs> together. That, that was decadent yeah. and rich. So and I don't know if they're still, if it's still in like a consistent production or if that was a thing that right. came and went. But if you can get your hands on that peanut butter cup stout from um, Untitled Art and Hidden see, Springs, I, works Run, Don't Walk. See, I don't know. Like, I was, I was talking to my buddy Nathan who lives in Austin and is always texting me pictures of beers that i'm just like i fucking hate you like i don't think we can be friends <laughs> if you're we? constantly going to be throwing this shit in my face you know right. like ingenious this and you yeah. know untitled art that and like all the every spindle it's, tap it's hazy trickling down here and i know it's it is down. it is um but when we got all this untitled art i i bought you know basically i i think the only thing i skipped was the seltzers and so i sent yeah. him a picture of i l- literally walked out of lucy's with a case of beer yeah. you know basically and you know i was like oh you know i had to i had to get all of them like a lot of because a a lot of the ones that came in were collabs like this one was a collab and there was at least one or two other collabs and Mm -hmm. i was like i don't know if these are things that they're regularly making you know like we got it i gotta get it you know limited time so you know i don't know because we're just starting to get untitled art i don't know what the deal with that is Mm -hmm. like about them if they do a collab and they're like oh that collab went well let's do it again or they're just like no we did it we're moving on to the next well i bet they're spaced out dare to dream yeah hopefully they make that one again because that peanut butter cup stout was good it was good it was a good choice yeah my number two uh was are we doing top three okay we're gonna go back to film okay Okay. we're gonna take a break after we talk about this paris okay I'm the ring. Good thing you so, got me uh, before I <laughs> before you said spilled it. the beans. So we're going back to Why beer in a movie, David. Beer in a movie. It's time to do movies. So uh-huh. the number three film of the year as we march toward number one. Uh huh. For me, number three. Well, Joe, you've already talked about it. Is your number four? <laughs> Always once. Nomadland. Yeah, yeah. Um, I knew that would appear on at least I two of our lists. I am surprised it's that low for you. Yeah, no, I mean that's not. Well, low. Are you crafting that's what the, everyone else's I, number I, one I, might I be? I was sure it was his number one. Wow. Okay. I was sure. It it certainly could have been. It deserves to be. I'm not a in, betting. In, I'm not a betting ways. man though. So. But um, you know, you'll see what I have there in, in not too long. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's hard to I I. I can't imagine this film not being a really important film to a lot of people. It has that kind of uh, taking, you know, taking a look at something that is under, under looked at. I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's shedding light on something that just nobody really knows unless they're part of it. And so to me, when a film can do that, that's, that's pretty astounding. And I was happy to see this. Great performances all around, even from the non-actors. Um, yeah, hard, hard, to, hard to quibble with this. And I was glad to see uh, Chloe Zhao win uh, Best Director and Best Film. Historic. At Golden Globes, yeah. yeah. I, I hope that kind of carries through to the Oscars. As much as she's not my top, and it, personally, I think it would be great to see her win an Oscar for this. I know one. what your number one is. We'll see. I know what it is. Okay. I'm, but do you know what my two is? He just he just wrote it <laughs> down. So whenever you say okay, it, okay, all right. he can he yep. can come back to it. Uh, okay, so my number three, my number three, 
kind of follows a similar vein to one of my honorable mentions in terms of why I liked it so much. And that is Steve McQueen's Lover's Rock. Mm, that's a good flick. Lover's Rock makes my number three because not only do I think Small Axe is an important series, and not only do I think Steve McQueen is an incredible talent, an incredible voice, a visionary, but it's also because the majority of the film brought me so much joy. Mm. And it was, you know, and I think that that is, I think that might be a theme throughout 2020 is just like finding joy where you can Mm -hmm. because there was so little of it given everything that happened over the last year. And, you know, there's something, you know, there's something about the cards that we were dealt that I think has made me to a certain extent reprioritize my life and my values and like what it is that I'm looking for out of the things that I do and the content that I consume. And, you know, I think that towards the end of 2020, watching American Utopia, watching this, uh, and there were other films throughout that kind of got into it as well. But those two, I guess, because they were so music based, really just like hit home with me. And I just had such a great time watching it. And it, you know, uh, watching Lovers Rock made me bring back back Wax Wednesdays, you know? <laughs> like, I hadn't been doing live stream DJ sets for months before that. And then yeah. I watched that movie, and I was like, I forgot how much fun this is. And like, I hope the set includes kung fu fighting every single time. <laughs> it, not every single... I try not to double dip too much, uh, which makes it... Which is why I only do it once a month. It's a challenge. It's, a very, it's very challenging, but it will include kung fu fighting at some point. And so, you know, that's a movie that had an actual, like, noticeable effect on my yeah, life absolutely. you know like uh, it inspired me in some way and so it 100 deserves to be somewhere in my top five and i think that this is i think that number three is a solid place for it yeah my number three is the only film where i called up my local record store owning co-host and said order me the soundtrack immediately and david i think you did the same thing yeah. Because I'm not going to put some bullshit restrictions on myself when I pick my top five. <laughs> it's my American number three Utopia. is American Utopia. David right, Burns' American right. Utopia. Hey. I mean, it's a movie that makes you think. It's a movie that makes you feel good. It's a movie you can sing along with. And yes, it is the theatrical presentation of a stage play. A far superior one to some other stage plays that were one, released this year, in my opinion. Certainly. But this defines the difficult to define sub-genre of films that we have in this room called the party film. You put this on in the background, you turn the volume down. If anybody wants to go up and turn the volume up because something amazing is happening on that stage, yeah, feel free. Great soundtrack, great film. Number three, unabashedly. Someone argue. No, I... I, I, <laughs> I, I mean, we both had it as honorable mentions. So, I mean, it, it was one of those that was in the mix for me, for sure. For sure. And, I, I mean, I, you know, I said what I said about why it didn't make my top five. And, 
that was a decision I made like yesterday. Like it was, it was in it my could change. If we recorded tomorrow, Joe, it, I mean, we, it was in it my top five. For it's kind of cold outside. If it's hot tomorrow, <laughs> who knows? It was in my top five for a minute, but then, you know, but you know, to its credit. And I think as you know, to Joe's credit for putting it in number three, I think that visually it does a lot of striking. Yeah. Very noticeable like things. It is, it is cinematic in it's representation of the stage play. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't think that it's, necessarily undeserving of being in a top five i just i just put that arbitrary restriction on myself while the meritorious criteria of cinema is in my mind when i put a list like this together ultimately it's gonna be the films i connected with the most for sure Mm -hmm. and i connected with this film i've watched it on the background and in the foreground of my life at in the living room Mm -hmm. two or three times since that um since we watched it for the show nice nice so how did we feel about this beer yeah i mean I've had some brewery vivant. I can't remember if we've I don't had think any I've even heard of it. Show, yeah, they, they, it was like more something that I was having around the mid 2010s. That was people were starting to bring back from the Midwest trips. They would go on, and they've always done really good sours, good farmhouse ales, and I think this is another one that I'm really impressed with. What is it? Nine percent? Ooh, is I did not it? expect that based on the taste. Nine point one. Nine point one. Yeah. Um, it does not come through no, at all in the taste. It doesn't. I'm yeah. actually, Sour I'm actually it. shocked. I expected like a four or five, yeah. four or six. Well, yeah. The 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 sourness helps like kind of yeah. liven it, and it it doesn't feel. It's got heavy. the jaw hinge thing going. It does. Yeah. This is this is one that is definitely in that. You know, it's beyond tart. It is sour. It's yeah. yeah. I love it when we put two beers that are real similar right next to each other and have two uh, uh, that are in the same category. Same category. Different, strikingly but different. Very takes. different methods and execution to yeah. create two very different products. And oftentimes when we do that on this show, one is far superior. This is. These are both fantastic beers that are doing yeah, two d- different, different things, things but with the same ish yeah. style. And I think that. Uh, these complement one each, one another very, very well. In fact, if we could duplicate the secession of this out in a party somewhere, we'd be the most popular people there. <laughs> Demanding people get you. up onto the dance floor. Like that. Yeah, I don't right. disagree. Well, Whew. marathon. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be a long episode. I mean, everyone knew that coming into <laughs> Best of Twenty Twenty. There's so much to talk about. Right. So many beers to drink, uh, but. Uh, you know, we'll give you guys a break for a second, you know, and you can kind of, you can, you, you can Chill, take a moment, relax, reflect on our pause, steaming hot takes. Go, yeah. yeah. I've got to right. get, I got to rent, got to get a rinse oh, on my glass for this peach and sour. Uh, 100%. Right. Left behind. We're, we're going to get our glassware in order. And when we come back, we're going to talk more. Continue to dazzle and amaze. Yeah. Yeah. When we return. No. <laughs> what were you going to say? I was going to say in my recap at the top of our 2020 milestones, I did not mention our Patreon account. Oh, that's true, because we started the Patreon in 2020. And our, we, our website uh, rebuilt. Our website Stop rebuilt. Today. Yeah. I mean, a lot happened. It was hard to get, it was hard to get it all in there. And part of our part of the content on the Patreon has been this saga 
that we have been that I have been going or through. Some might say I, saga. <laughs> or some might say saga that I've been going through. That everyone else has laughed at me, has ridiculed me, has said, "I can't believe you didn't drop this months ago." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're a fucking baby. Get over it. <laughs> yeah, but there does seem to also still be a cosmic piling on. There it does. Doesn't stop. It just, that is true. Yeah. Uh, with my 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 journey with uh, my 2020 Bourbon County Stout journey uh, has been an obscene an absurd one um but that being said every year as i'm sure a lot of our listeners know especially the ones that are uh here for the beer as much as they are for the movies every year uh bourbon county stout comes out around black friday and you know a month or two i think before that you know some some publication some periodical will give a list of all of the different variants that have been um reported to exist or that are going to be coming out and so for so this was one of the variants um of bourbon county brand uh stout yeah that it's called the kentucky fog and this was the one that i was the most interested in as far as the variants went and i never got my hands on a bottle and so i'm very grateful for david for bringing this um you're very welcome but this is a stout that's aged in bourbon barrels blended with earl gray tea black tea and honey uh again came out in 2020 um this one's clocking in at probably an obscene abv that i can't find on the bottle anywhere but i'm sure it exists i just don't know 14.1 14.1 it is equal you made with tea from our friends at kilogram tea i mean oh yeah there it is 14.1 um bottled 13th of august no so i'm sorry i think that's expiration date without giving anything away taking one tiny sip it's a much different we're taking a big left or right turn from these uh, couple of yeah. The first half of the episode had. was uh, was dominated by sours. <laughs> yes, we have definitely veered away from the sours mm-hmm. and into imperial barrel aged stout territory. Wow. And, fourteen point. You know, I think I think part of my intrigue on this one um, is my love of the London Fog, a drink that a lot of coffee shops do. Uh, that incorporates Earl Grey tea and steamed milk. Oh, is that um, right? Yeah. Uh, London Fog is Earl Grey tea, steamed milk. Soy milk is the best to use, or some soy kind boy of milk alternative. Drink. Oat milk, probably okay. in twenty twenty. Cheerio, my brother. Um, fun fact: Josh DeLeon of Hybrid Records, not of um, Grindcore, <laughs> Power Violence, uh, Alamo Drafthouse fame. My Josh DeLeon. <laughs> makes the makes the best London fog. Oh, really? The wow. Best. It was almost when he was working at Coffee Waves. If I went in and somebody else was there, I would not order it because I would know that I would be disappointed. Mm. So you wouldn't get the the real deal. Wow, that that's something. Well, well, David, yeah, thank you. This is a you're yeah. you're very well. It's a big beer. We appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the London Fog has honey in it too. By the way, we're so. going to talk breweries, though, right? Yeah. We're going to talk what was maybe our most uh, surprising find this year, surprising discovery. Am I am I onto it? Yeah. Maybe this, <laughs> right? The, the brewery maybe that we hadn't seen or tasted before. Mm-hmm. That when you had it here on the show, you thought to yourself, "Man, I'm glad this brewery came into my life." Right. Uh-huh. I'll start. I guess you guys are looking at me. Um Mine, I don't think either of you would have guessed or expected. 
No. And I don't think any of our listeners I don't I don't expect anything right now. <laughs> I don't I don't I really don't. My I don't know where I am. <laughs> <laughs> Especially after this 14 you have no idea. Uh, my <laughs> most surprising brewery was Armadillo Aleworks, I believe oh, is the name. Oh, okay. And I will tell you why. I know. I can I, tell you. Wait, was yeah. this New Mexico? No. Uh, what was Armadillo? North Texas somewhere. Oh, okay, I okay. Um, I don't want to ruin it. So this one it makes my most surprising because up until our introduction to this brewery, we had been on this golden stout yeah. journey. Joe right, knows. Joe right. knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had been on the fuck golden stouts. This is a bullshit style. It's not real. It's marketing nonsense. Blah blah. blah. And then the armadillo brunch money enters the chat and crushes the golden stout fucking dunks on all the other golden stouts Mm. and shows you this is what the golden stout style is this is now the benchmark for the golden stout only to the only other style of that beer which a difficult style to pull off as we know you know we tried quite a few the only other brewery to enter the same even playing field as this one was the marzipan from three nations right. i mean that was a which comparable was, which one, was which really was very good, good. Really good. yeah i bought that four pack a couple times but since then. three nations has a history of being very good in yeah. my experience and armadillo so, you didn't know anything i didn't about. know anything you about just, and they came yeah. in and they crushed a very awesome. difficult you're right somewhat that was controversial great. That was great. style have you been able to try any more armadillo since then i have not oh, well, I armadillo have not. DM us. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's a little bullshitty because it's a much more commonly known brewery, but it's just one that I had not intersected with. If you say AB InBev, it's like... (laughs) (laughs) Because we're drinking drinking, uh, some really hefty Budweiser right now. We've enjoyed them three times in total since we had them for the first time on episode 87 with Battle Royale uh, with their passion fruit mochi. New England IPA, uh-huh. and then uh, 91 with their Blueberry Muffin Berliner Weiss uh-huh. with the Mighty Wind, and then just a few episodes ago with your number three film, David Lover's Rock, we had their Triple Berry no, Shake. Carlos's Carlos is number three film. That's right. My number three. Right. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. getting a little confused. Triple, <laughs> easy. There's, there's a lot happening. Triple Berry Shake Fruited Kettle Sour of yeah. theirs, and it's you know, from Portland, Oregon. I'm talking Great Notion Brewing. Uh, we love them on this show. Clearly, they've not failed one time. Uh, no. Not terribly obscure, always hitting, but I'm happy with this pick. I'm very happy with that. That's pick. awesome. Yeah, I, I, they might I, they probably obscure to some. Yeah, I mean, and if yeah. you like that pick, Great Notion Brewing, send us some swag and merch because <laughs> I'd they're I, fantastic. I'd wear a, a Great Notion hat any day. Yeah, and definitely I'd worthy of, of, it, of praise. And the only reason that they wouldn't be my most surprising is just because I had had some of their beers a couple years back, mm-hmm. but now I can get it more regularly because they've partnered up with that service that we won't mention because they don't pay us (laughs) you know and i this brewery crossed my crossed my mind in preparing for this episode and i think i understand where joe's coming from with it but i think the only reason that i was reluctant to put it in most surprising was just because everything i had seen i i had seen so much about them and heard so much about them before i actually got to try it and it was all positive yeah. And so once I had it, I was like, oh, yeah, they're right. Like, this yeah. is fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just lived up to the high expectations yeah. that I had. For me, my most surprising, it, it was that our beer journey, our attempt to get to all 50 states, sort of took us to, to some interesting breweries mm-hmm. along the way that I don't know that we would have picked just because they were the most celebrated or most sought after, but they were the ones that we could 
get our hands on, but we happened to get our hands on a bottle out of Kansas that really knocked, I think, all of our socks off and has stuck in my head. And that came from Central Standard Brewing out of mm. Wichita. Mm -hmm. And ever since we've had that beer of theirs, which was the uh, um, the peach sour kind Contrails. of... Contrails. Contrails. Uh, it's stuck in my head. And, yeah. and it's a beer that I feel like I need to have more of their beer. And you haven't had the chance yet? And I haven't oh. had the chance. So it's it's one of those things where I feel like, oh my God, there's such untapped potential there. Um and, and so it's fun to have one of those that you're not expecting. And now I have a brewery that's on my radar. Can I give an honorable mention for most surprising brewery? I hope mm. that you would. In the vein of what you just said, which I hadn't quite thought about it in the same way. I got fucked on this pour, by the way. Uh, I'm uh -oh. sorry. <laughs> David poured himself a lot. I'm out of here. In my defense. If some, if some guests <laughs> of the past size. show up, they all are on your zone. Uh, and... In the vein of how David framed his most surprising, uh, Bridge Brew Works, Bourbon Barrel H, Cold River Coffee Stout. Mm -hmm. Yes. From West Virginia. Yeah. And, that nearly, and that I nearly made my top three beers. And I say that because I very recently, I mean, you know, uh, we were fortunate enough, uh, Johnny Vuda was uh, gracious enough to send us more than what we needed for the show. So we were able to do the show. I was able to send you guys home with your with own our, bottles. Yeah. And then I had my own bottle. Uh, which I recently drank. I had been kind of, it had been kind of sitting there staring at me for a while. And, uh, and I finally decided to pop it open again. And especially as it warmed, I, re I, re I remembered from the show, you know, I was like, yeah. Yeah. Just like I remember from when we did it on the show, this is really fucking good. And the Great coffee, coffee is so Great coffee good on flavor. it. Yeah. Uh, so honorable mention to Bridge Brew Works out of yeah. West Virginia. Number two film, is that what's happening? No? <laughs> well, we talked about before during the break. <laughs> well, no, you were going to do the next one. I was going to take the one after Oh, I'm that. doing the next one? You said you were going to do the next Joe's one. Joe's so mad about the poor. 14.1? <laughs> yeah. All right, best performance of the year, and I love that we do uh, it this way. We don't do gender. We don't fuck around with any of that. Just what's the best right. performance in any film all year long? And this one was so easy. You already know what I'm going to say. Bo Burnham, promising young woman. <laughs> Not annoying or miscast at all. Particularly for the drugstore scene. Yes, the pharmacy, <laughs> Paris Hilton. No, I'm, I'm kidding around. I'm, I'm talking about the... Wait, no, you're joke. kidding? I'm talking no, that about was the your, man... You, you shot your shot. You, yeah. Now we go on. The man <laughs> whose potential we saw in his role in 2001's The Mummy Return... Uh, he finally gets his due in 2020. I'm talking, of course, of Sean. We serve spicy food parks from uh, as Frank Critchlow. Oh in wow! In Mangrove, Mangrove. That's a great choice. Um, I, I hadn't made I the, mummy the mummy returns connection, but uh, I didn't either till today. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Looking up his filmography, but he's the West Indian cafe owner yeah. who's the central oh. figure in Mangrove. Steve McQueen. If you you've already. Mm -hmm. pumped up small mm -hmm. acts Carlos yeah. everyone yeah. all three of us probably will before the night's over in episode 124 he's the heart and soul of that movie and he gets to exhibit every range of emotion and because we don't really know him very well he's not carrying any star baggage mm -hmm. it's just a man trying to figure out how to live in that really explosive dynamic yeah. time in that film Mangrove. I don't know if it'll come up on any of more of my lists, but that's a film you should see if you haven't. <laughs> that's awesome. I think th that's that's a fantastic selection. I'm glad you highlighted that performance. For me, I 
I wrestled with this one. There were there were a number of performances that really sort were. of stood out to me, but where I ended up just keep coming back, I kept coming back to Riz Ahmed in Sound of Metal. I could not okay. shake the power of his performance in that film where I feel like I know I'm going to watch it again and it's really for him because it's not because you know they, they captured the metal scene perfectly or the, the touring Airstream, culture man. I mean, we, we, we've dealt with that but he just <laughs> he so nails the emotional reality of a guy going through that kind of thing mm-hmm. that just it, it knocked my socks off and I'm so excited to see what else he does but uh, and I'm glad he's getting recognized for it but that's my top performance of the year for sure uh, I think that's a good one uh, and I did I have you know, I think we talked about on the episode, I had not really seen him. Uh, are you predicting my best performance? (laughs) Um, I had not really seen him in anything before. And so that was a great introduction to him. I thought he was great. And, um, my best performance is Aubrey Plaza, black bear. And she was incredible. I thought about this a lot and I mean, part of it might fit into the most surprising category type of thing. Um, because we really haven't seen her stretch her legs acting wise a lot in films. I mean, um, we've seen her as the kind of like mean, detached, you know, quirky April Ludgate. Um, she does something kind of similar in funny people. She's really not in that movie that much. Um, I was actually talking to Josh, uh, this earlier today about the child's play remake that they did. Um, and she Mm. plays a mom in that, which is, uh, yeah, I remember the trailer. I never saw it, which is interesting. And he said, she's pretty good in that, but I can't really speak to that because I haven't seen it. Um, but for her to take on this role and to take on a role that requires a lot of acting like you're acting Mm -hmm. and like she had to act like she was acting well and she had to act like she was acting poorly and do it convincingly and just the layers of performance that go into that kind of role. Mm -hmm. I just found very impressive and I just, I mean, I thought she was so believable and so like genuine and so, uh, you know, just real in that performance and really becoming that character going through those things. I mean, yeah. sure, she has some like quintessential Aubrey Plaza kind of mannerisms and kind of yeah. monotoneness at times and things like that. But the final scene, the work she's able to do, especially in the is final a tour scene, de force performance, and I considered it fantastic. Yeah, yeah. and. And I think it's a great performance. And, and I think that a I tough, tough balancing. It's act. getting it no, is. no it's award not, play. It's not. And it's a shame. And especially, think, especially because it's someone and maybe it's not getting the performance. The, the, um, uh, awards play, uh, yeah. awards play and recognition for the performance that it deserves because it's something from someone we didn't expect. Of course. I think that you, you and I ignore think it from the beginning because it's this character that worked. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's some, I think there's some of that in it, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's just so many layers and there's just so much in it. And I, I was just so impressed by it. And I really, really hope that going forward, she's able to, turn that kind of in at least indie kind of recognition and you know cachet that she got from being in that film into really digging into acting and being an actress and not just not just a really great comedic performer but you know really finding 
that kind of depth to the work, you know, because I think that she uh, clearly, I mean, she has it in her, you know? Um, so hopefully we see her grow, uh, as an actress in her, in, in her own right in the future. Yeah. And I, and I think we will, I mean, I, she has a ton of talent and she's picked interesting projects all along. Um, safety, not guaranteed. Safety not guaranteed. Love that but movie. Ingrid goes west. Ingrid which goes I, west. She was great yeah. in. So, I'm I'm going to take us back to beer because it's time that we talk about our number two beers of the year. Uh, for me, number two, I go back to our episode uh, in the summer, episode 102, where we had one of the founders and brewers at Isla oh, Street yeah. uh, hang out with us on, mm-hmm. on an episode. It was a lot of fun. Uh, s- something different that we do every once in a while. We, we've had a couple brewer-centric episodes. And Joaquin came on and did such a great job kind of explaining their philosophy. And I enjoyed so much hearing about that while sipping their Skelvator beer Okay, that uh, yeah. I, I, I had to give that the number two spot where it was a beer that I really enjoyed at the time, loved the playfulness with the Saturday morning cartoon uh, connection. And yeah. Uh, yeah. I, you know, that was worth talking about as far as like highlights of 2020 because we caught Isla Street Brewing at the height of a crazy beer boom with That's their right. uh, Big Red, Big Rojo. Yeah. Yeah. Rojo, yeah. There's um, a can of it. And that (laughs) that beer got all the attention that episode. The Skelvator was the second beer. Right. Yeah. But that that was a fun ride. The Skelvator, I mean, that was was a thick boy. Good pick. It was. was, They they go all the way on those pastry stouts, and that one was all the way. Yeah. Joe, do you want to crack a rogue? I'll give it. Yeah, I got two ounces of this one. So, yeah. yeah, You and me got the same. (laughs) That's a joke. Uh, I didn't realize I, I wanted so David to get a big fat pour because I know he spent a big fat money on yeah. this thing. So yeah, yeah. I had Crack no idea. Up. Well, no, I'm not ready for my rogue. Is the thing. Oh, you want me to do a rogue? If, if you want to, it would be that blueberry vanilla. If you want to, I will go for be, it because go I know your glass it. is empty. Okay, go ahead and uh, you start, and I'll interrupt you and do a rogue. Okay, How's that? So I'm doing my number two. Number beer. two, you'd be your number two beer. Okay, my number two beer. Hey, before you do, Carlos, I've got. <laughs> One of our local breweries gave us a six-pack of beers to enjoy. Ooh. And I think now's the time for maybe a Hilliard Rogue. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm looking... It's a, it's a rarer occurrence than the Gurney Rogue, but it does happen from yeah. time to time, and we... Oh, this is Lazy Beach Brewing. We talked about them on our infamous Smokey and the Bandits yes. episode that we did live. I can't we remember. We had that great brown ale. The bre- Was it a breakfast It was brown? like a breakfast yeah, yeah, it was really good. That was a really good beer. Really they gave good. us three to choose from. I think some of these will show up in future episodes, but let's talk about their... Because this just found fascinating to me blueberry vanilla porter okay it's a 5.1 here david you enjoy that one please <laughs> i love i love the words you said and lazy beach is a beer a brewery that i don't get to locally because when it comes to traveling from my home to it it is the most time the to get there and back yeah way and down on the south side yeah yeah and and i i went there recently i had an occasion to go this is where they handed us these beers for us to enjoy and i gotta tell you and he'll tell you, COVID and the creativity that they had to exhibit has made them a better brewery. And he knows wow. that on the tail end of this thing, when the people start showing up again, he's going to be positioned really, really well. I think we're going to see a lot of really great beers coming out of them. You know, And hopefully this is one of them. They're blueberry vanilla porter, a flavor combination I wouldn't have expected. 
you know, one thing I've learned about Lazy Beach over the years is that a lot of their one-offs are exceptional. They seem to really thrive in the one-off, getting creative, playing around in the brew house. Um, we learned it on the Smoking the Bandit episode, as you mentioned, that the brewery or the beer that we had from this brewery at that time was kind of a one-off. It was kind of a, a limited time thing. Um, and I think one of the things that Lazy Beach does better than any other brewery in town is consistent new releases. Mm-hmm. They are consistently releasing small batch, interesting, kind of outside-the-box things. And it's because Corey is not afraid to get in there and to really play around and to experiment and to swing. I mean, he might be the Nicolas Cage of Corpus Christi <laughs> Brewing. He's willing to take the big chances. I, I and, think you're right, but I'm amazed that you made this uh, and, connection. And, wow. and, and also, I mean, having interviewed him for an article that I wrote several years ago for The Bend, um, fantastic guy very yeah. nice man and yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, the first brewery yeah yeah, yeah. in they're town the, they're the i mean first really of trailblazers of this modern era yeah they gave me three different beers i don't want to uh, spoil i don't want to spoil what those styles are but three very different styles you're trying yeah. anything and yeah. everything so enjoy this blueberry vanilla right. we should should we talk about the Kentucky Stout? Yes, we the should. Kentucky Fog before we move on. This is such a sloppy. Fair ass enough. Episode. We're right in the middle of this second beer category, but I mean, th- this is. I are, mean, I, yeah. Didn't we all say our number two? Or are we still waiting on yours? No, yours. You haven't given us yours yet. Oh, no, I haven't. You're right. Only I, I have. Yeah. Only I have. Uh, <laughs> Fuck it, dude. It's the end of the year. It's a celebration. We Best made it of 2020, COVID. maybe. It's all good. <laughs> okay, so the way we should have done it was to talk about the Goose Island and then break open the blue. Okay, but we're good. We're good. Maybe. The, uh, the, this David, what do you think about it? You brought it, David. You should speak it's on it It's quite good. I was impressed with how much I got the tea quality mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. out of it. Truly. That, especially as I was sipping quirk. early on, yeah. it, it was really pronounced in, in those first few sips. But that as honey dr- is in there as well. The honey's in there as well. It's very sweet. Yeah. It, it, it's, you know, it's as big and bad a thick boy stout as you're going to yeah. get. Um, Were you all but, bowled over by boozy? I wasn't. I wasn't. No, no. no the it's honey, not, I think... I think I I mean I think this is a brilliant beer. Yeah. I think that it is really outside the box. It's very creative. Mm-hmm. It is unlike anything that I think I've had in a barrel aged stout. And yeah. I think that, you know, the pastry boy scene is all the all the rage right now and the sweet, decadent yeah. dessert kind of stout thing is mm-hmm. it, it makes sense because a stout on its own is already is sure, kind of rich yeah. and chocolatey and stuff like that. But to kind of go this direction with it is a completely different take on it. Yeah. And I personally, I, I love the Kentucky fog. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's great. That's good. I don't know if I like it better than that birthday that we had on the <sighs> Patreon after hours at one time. Oh yeah. yeah. I, th- I think birth- I, 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 honestly, Carlos, I think I do prefer it, but that's, you, you prefer I mean, this that's to the birthday? I prefer it for sure. Yeah. Be- because I think it has a little bit more complexity yeah, to its flavor. Right. Just, it, that's it, not why I, I think working it. the tea. I know, I know. The, the, now we're getting bogged down and okay. Yeah. Your number two. Joe, be- open the can of worms. Number two beer of the year, Carlos. My number two beer. Can't wait to hear what you have to come up with. It came. It came early in the year, and it was one. Now, Joe, I I, I know that recently, um, you had a couple of moments of being like, this might be in my top five, whether it was film or beer wise. Mm-hmm. And I even at one point said, I was like, okay, well, you have a twenty five mm-hmm. top five list or whatever. I love to live that way. I know, and I I don't begrudge you that. I I enjoy enjoying things. But a beer that I really enjoyed, and that I think the first sip that I took of this beer, even though it was 
over a year ago, I think at this point that I had this beer, I knew instantly when the time comes top five and you better believe it. I still have the can and I'm going to show it to you right now. Fluffo Sando. Yeah. <laughs> From Works Brewing Company, 10.5% Imperial Milk Stout Brewed with Cacao Nibs, Peanut Butter, Lactose, Vanilla, and Natural Marshmallow Flavor. You bet your sweet ass this is my number two. <laughs> this beer was so fucking good when we had it. And I, I, I remember us all... Because it was early. It was great. It, it was, was great. early. And literally every single one of us was like, I know it's early in the year, but this could be a top five. <laughs> it's we not, all said it. It's not nice to say that it's been a bounty of riches in 2020, yeah. but beer wise on this show, it has been a bounty of riches. We, we have had, had, had a great beer, beer year. We've yeah. had a great beer year. I think I might have said that was one of my top fives when I drank it. I think you did. I think David did too. Yeah. I think we all did. It, it, may, it probably still is in there. It didn't. Uh oh. Didn't well, because well, we're only my doing top one, three. Though, I'll tell you, it didn't yeah. make my number one. Okay, no, we're so only doing three. So in, the early, in the episodes around the one tens, like one ten to one eighteen, we did a series for whatever reason of farmhouse and sour beers. Do you remember? Like we were doing them one after the other, and they were all better than the last. In episode one fourteen, David, you brought this beer to the show, and it's out of Kent, Connecticut, Kent Falls Brewing. We this. did their in media res farmhouse ale, yeah, and all three of us were blown away by yes. its complexities for that relatively simple style of farmhouse ale, mm-hmm. and how they had been able to weave so much flavor in. in tri- I don't think I'm going to be able to say it. Intricacies into intricacies that brewery mm-hmm. that brew in media res by Kent. Falls Brewing is my number two beer of the year. And, awesome. and, and another one that... Farmhouse Ale on my th- top three list. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, look... A year of evolution, boy. No, 2020 was the year of sours. I mean, we did a lot of well, sours in 2020. Sours. I smoothie mean, sours. I mean, more all so... Yeah. S- smoothie sours. Yeah. Uh, farmhouse Ales. Just straight up sours or Berliner Weisses. I mean, we did a lot yeah. of sours. A lot of fruited sours. To the yeah. point where yeah. it was almost memeable for us at a certain point where it's just like, oh my God, we're doing something that's not a sour today like you know was, we got, that's the level that we got to as far as frequency which yeah. i was not mad about i mean no and no. you know fun beer and a movie fact i mean this happened so long ago that a lot of our listeners might not be aware of this but my introduction and my being turned on to sours happened on this podcast right it was the sequench ale from dogfish mm-hmm. the sea salt and lime and that was the first sour i ever had way that back. i enjoyed way back in like single digit episodes yeah yeah so it was only only right for us to come back around to it in yeah. 2020. Take us into the number two film of the year. The number two film of the year should be of no surprise to anybody. It's Black Bear. That's All my right. number two. Only surprise it didn't make number one. Well, I didn't know it won't be that surprising felt. once we get to number one. Uh, hmm. I He's, he's yeah. going to... I, Uncle Drew is. I know his number four. one, That's and I know your number one. I already know. I, I know that I. I feel like you know my number. I, I really do feel like you. Mm-hmm. You do. Um, Black Bear. Look, you know I love meta, and you know I love these films that kind of play with narrative structure and kind of play mm-hmm. with what's happening, what's not happening, like what is going on here. And Black Bear just had that very interesting two part. You know, we see this thing and then we see maybe the making of the thing in the first half Mm. and maybe not. Or maybe like we're seeing. Yeah. The experience being made into a film. I mean, you know, it was just. Or the other way around. Yeah. There was just so much to chew on and there was a lot happening and there were really great performances. And 
there was some really fun, like, you know, the Bonavere cosplay I thought was hilarious. <laughs> uh, you know, there was just, there was so much happening and there was these really great visual motifs mm. and really striking visual elements. I mean, and we know how you I, feel about Miss Plaza's performance. I thought her performance was great, as I said moments ago. And I mean, if anybody knows anything about me, it's that I hope to retire to a cabin in the woods one day. And so the setting was also great. And just the, the, the we know he loves that film yeah, as well. I know, I do love that movie. He just um, wants to be in a cabin in the woods, watching Cabin in the Woods. He just wants that's to meet I, Richard Jenkins. That's ideal. If the, I could be half the man Richard Jenkins is, uh, <laughs> that would be something to aspire to. But I, I did love this movie, and I mean, it had a lot of great people in it. I I mean, it's a very, very small thing, but I love seeing Shannon O'Neill as the boom mic operator. I love her. I've been watching the Chris Gethard show a lot more lately, as we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought this was a great movie, and like I said when we were talking about her performance, it's getting overlooked, and it's sad to see, because I really think that it's something worth paying attention to, yeah. and something that's well, worth you know awarding for what it's done, and... It's my number two. Of all the films on my top five list, this is the one I think, for lack of a better term, I fell in love with. And it's Lover's Rock, uh, Steve McQueen. Oh, We've talked about it two. already. I uh, didn't expect it. And I don't, need, I don't need to recap a lot that you said, Carlos, in your... Carlos, right? Was the one that said Lover's Rock? Yeah, it was my number three. Um, but the... Of, of the Small Act series, this is the one that, that you should watch. Let me start over. In the Small Act series, which you should watch, this is the one that doesn't hit you over the head with politics, social justice. I mean, and all of the other films are, are bright and beautiful in their own way for that. This is just a film. It's a house party. From yeah. preparation to the wee hours of the morning mm-hmm. and the politics of romance and the politics of getting your girl or your guy on the dance floor and the humiliation of rejection and the hot steamy grinding when the music and the mood and the pot and all of it is just exactly right. the way it's supposed Pooping to be. into a plastic bucket the oh wait got, no that was nomadland no right? no yeah i was gonna yeah, say yeah, you yeah. go to a much different party <laughs> than i do because that can be hot and steamy as well but anyway apologies um i fell in love with this film i have recommended it so many times uh, especially if i know the person that i'm recommending you to likes dazed and confused because it has this day in the life of a thing that you're just watching a beautiful thing mm-hmm. unfold I lovers li- rock I, I literally recommended it today just wow. talked about it today that in in your helping do it again right here right now here this uh, right here right now <laughs> so for me number two uh, is uh, a film that wasn't necessarily a pleasure to watch, but was absolutely one of the best cinematic experiences I've had sitting at home during COVID. You love Shia LaBeouf? No, I know what it is. Never, rarely, sometimes. Uh, oh, okay, he did it. I thought it was going to be a portrait of a... Of a... I thought it was going to be the Vanessa Kirby movie. Yeah, oh, Pieces of a Woman. Pieces no, of th- a Woman. Th- it was good. It was good. I, I really enjoyed it. Did not make my top five. Yeah, Sorry. it was in my honorable mentions. I, it could have been there for yeah, me. Uh, Never, sometimes, five. rarely, always. But yeah, I mean, Never, this, really, uh, you know, Eliza Hittman, uh, th- this is a stunning film that just totally bowled me over with, um, I don't know, just the, the, as we as we talked about, the the sort of casual reality of the performances, the way that the, you know, e- everything just kind of like flows into each next scene without necessarily having a 
predictable through line, even though it should be. I don't know. It was it was just the combination of elements that was necessary for me to really have a, have a great, great experience watching a movie at home. And so I wholeheartedly recommend that everybody see this film we did back when we watched mm-hmm. it and reviewed it. But uh, it, it stuck with me. Number two for me. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I agree. It's a great movie. This is the category that I get that I know that I'm the least qualified in the room. I can fake it, and I'll fake it till I make it. But best score, I'm in the room I, with I a fucking record store owner who <laughs> orders and sells scores for a living, and I'm in the room with one of his top three. I don't know for a fact, but I'm guessing largest <laughs> customers. The two of you guys discussing music, that's when I'll typically refill my glass unless I'm drinking the Kentucky Fog when I don't get to. It's uh, We're going to have to get another bottle for Joe. So know, do you like I your know. scores like big screen cinematic and symphonic or do you like something like a first cow where it's well there uh, there are some scores we know i didn't like elemental yeah, to the film like you know one of the a score with right. a lot of electronica for an 80s dance movie um I, I before i give you my pick i did look at some what some of the other people think are the picks well, and soul is unanimous but we did not talk about soul on the show but that's, have, but that's wrong too i could be i have not seen soul so i have seen soul and it's wrong okay possessor is the uh mine pick uh i fucking did a bunch of score homework uh, yeah in the last couple of days on spotify listening to scores it's been some of the best two days of my life because of that decision oh, that nice. i made but uh, I don't know much about British composer Jim Williams. He's got a handful of TV credits and film credits. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen any of that work. But this film, this score is so perfectly matched to the film. It's a great mixture of kind of synthetic electronic, but then this like weird twisted orchestra that kind of comes. It's dark. Mm-hmm. It's brooding, just like the film is. It's 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 a great horror score, but it's just a great film score. I think the best score of the year is Possessor. It- that's a great choice. A great that is yeah. definitely one that was in the mix for me. And I listened to I was, them all, boys. I listened to them all. I, I, I love that you did. Well, I didn't even have to go back and listen to them you all. Knew. Because there was a score that I have continued listening to ever since I saw the film. In fact, I think I heard the score before I heard the film, or before so. I watched the film. And that is William Tyler's score for First Cow, which Joe made reference to. Yeah. Um, a very spare and kind of, hey, get out of here, Mr. The reason why I made reference was when I was at the beginning of the intro of this category, it is a, it's not orchestra. It's not orchestra. It's not that typical right, score. Right, right. It, it's period music for the period being uh, presented on screen. Right. I mean, he, he it's, is. It's fantastic. He is a a folk inspired musician. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense to have him doing it, but it's just, it's really haunting, mostly, you know, solo guitar music that I think just, it stuck with me. And it's something that I've been listening to apart from the film throughout the year. So uh, an easy choice for me where th- this was a score that both worked in the film, but also worked on its own, where it was something that I just wanted to listen to all the time. I was only laughing because Joe had mentioned First Cow and then you <laughs> picked First Cow. It wasn't because of your actual pick. I just want to set the record straight on that. Okay, a bit okay. of business. Um, my best score of the year is Tenet uh, by Ludwig, Ludwig Gorenson. Gorenson. I wondered, um, yeah. You had mentioned in the episode you liked it very much. It is amazing. And I think it's... 
I think it's absolutely ludicrous that Soul would win best score. I'm so fucking tired of Trent Reznor. Uh, I'm. I just think he's the most overrated musician. He didn't of the do last the score for Soul. Years. He did. Yeah, he did. Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. John Batiste, Atticus Ross. John Batiste was the, the name that I saw them, over and over again. Yeah. yeah, I think he's the most overrated musician of the last thirty years, and I just fucking can't stand him at this point. Because um, he did Bank Score as well. I, I can understand that. I yeah. feel like I have such a different relationship to Trent Reznor that, than you do as as a listener. I I feel like. I was hot on him early on, and then he it kind of faded. But then I've come back around to him, and it was mainly through his. I mean, I think the Social Network was the thing that actually got me to take him seriously again. Uh, but the thing is, is like his score work is good. It's good. Yeah. But in this particular situation, and I think in a lot of situations where he gets praise, there are plenty of other people that have done much better work. And I think that in the case of Ludwig Göransson, mm-hmm. for him to have done the work that he did to put in the, to like really create a score that not only fits the tone of the film, but also fits the narrative theme of the film where he is composing these melodies right. that play backwards and forwards in the same. It's a technical feat. It is yeah, incredible. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I think he did it with, you know, he was awarded for Black Panther. Thank God that he's been given recognition for something because when he did that score, he really went and, you know, he researched how to make this authentic and how to, and he learned about, he learned about the talking drum and like yeah. all of these traditional pieces of African music and he right. worked it into the score. And, Similarly, he did the same thing with this, but rather than learning about a different culture that he wasn't familiar with, he learned about how to compose music that right was really outside the box and that like was super tailor made for the film that he was composing for in a way that we have not really seen in that yeah being that specific and that technical, but yet that like digestible you know because there isn't a point in the film where you're like oh this score is really weird what is he doing here you know like Mm -hmm. it doesn't come it doesn't hit you over the head and it's very subtle and it's almost subconscious and the fact that he was able to accomplish this like it, it is a real feat of like cinematic composing and i think especially for how young he is you know and like how kind of fresh he is in the film score kind of that that medium you know he comes from more like a pop music sensibility and i think it just speaks to what an incredible talent he is and i i mean the thing that keeps me optimistic is that i know that he has such a long career ahead of him and that he will be rewarded and recognized for his work in the years to come because he will con- i know he will continue to it's, do and it's also fun work. to have a, a composer to look forward to his next project right. yeah but i i just i just think that for best score in every award you know show regardless of it's whether the SAGs, the Golden Globes, mm-hmm. the Academy Awards, whatever. They do a lowest just, common denominator. It's such an obvious pick. Right. It's Tenet. the fun pick. It's the pick everyone can smile at if you if soul you're soul, talking about. No, yeah. no, I'm saying that Tenet is such the obvious pick oh, as gotcha. far as like artistic merit is concerned. It's, but you but understand that, the obvious reason why soul that, wins I get instead. It, yeah. But it's nonsense. I tell you, the research I did, it's a jazz score. And I love jazz. And look, the movie's good. But I Ma, liked it. Ma Rainey's uh, 
B- uh, big black bottom. What is it? <laughs> Ma Rainey's black bottom. Yeah, I, I threw the big in. Apologies. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Ma. Um, might be a better jazz bass score. It's uh, Marsalis does it, and it's okay. it's worth checking out if you got some Spotify, whatever. You okay. Do yeah. I, I I didn't listen to the score, but I, obviously mm-hmm. the music was a big part of. The I, I like you guys great. pick on score because I know that y'all are. Look, you have you have just as. Legitimate yes, yes, and yes, valid yes, uh, pick as as yeah, either and, of us and honestly, like I said, I, it, it it was right up there for me. I because think, score, I mean, yeah. so so much of it has to do with how it emotionally resonated Correct. with you, yeah, and how right. it made yeah. you feel. That you don't need to know anything about music to have a valid opinion on what. And the that's why score all three was. of our picks are quote unquote right because first cow David is perfectly matched to that film. Mm-hmm. It might have been the score you wanted for Mo- Nomadland last week. A little more, you know. Yeah. I uh, thought and, about that when Tenet, you were talking about it. With with Nolan, you're going to get big and bold, and he, he technical. He does it. Yeah, yeah. And, and mine's the bright one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> do Do we want to do worst film of the year? I mean, we. Can, I'm prepared. We, if y'all we want, can. we can just go. We can. Okay. Well, then you would lead that off. Okay, it's Mank. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I did not care for it. It's the tax collector. Yeah, Ooh, worst film. That worst almost, okay. Film of the it's year. it's funny that you say that because I would not put it in worst film because I had a decent enough time watching it, mm-hmm. but it came very close to my most disappointing. It came very very close because the marketing for that movie put Shy's character Creeper mm-hmm. as the star. The yeah. way that the trailers and everything presents it, and then to see it and be like wait, he dies a half an hour into it? Like, yeah. or 45 minutes in, you know? To sew it together, I almost put King of Staten Island there. Ah, yeah. interesting. But Tax Collector to me, you know, honestly, my choice was Tax Collector, if you're going to push me on it, but but I'll go ahead and uh, and use this as an opportunity Uh-oh. to shit on something. He's looking for an opportunity to do <laughs> no, so. No, no. Who's sitting in the room with us? Shit, I, I actually had something, and now, now I'm totally... What, what, what? We can oh. edit out this part. Yeah, say the sentence. Find again. it. Oh, on the rocks. Sorry. Ooh, oh, gonna, that's at least, so funny you say that. At because... least throw out on the rocks as it probably should have been my most disappointing. I it mean, really was. The downhill was was the most disappointing. On, on the rocks level. came close, but me on too. the rocks was like it yeah. wasn't even. Uh-uh. It wasn't. It didn't even have enough chutzpah to be bad. It, it, okay, it was just. It was hard to watch. Good. Bad. No, like, well, no, hard, to, hard to continue no. on this journey. That well, it was I don't like care it, about this bad. should be so much better, and it's yeah. not. Yeah. No. Expect okay. So here's here's my hot take about worst film. David is right. <laughs> David is the definitive pick <laughs> because On the Rocks was so bad that I didn't even remember that it happened. Yeah. Well, I, I, Josh, Josh brought it up. It, to me. You or, know what angered me? Someone brought it up w- to Watching me. the Golden Globes last night, I think I'm the only one of us here who who actually watched it. But I the, watched it on I, YouTube this I, morning. I, I almost did. I watched Kong Skull Island instead. And seeing Bill Murray nominated for it, mm-hmm. where I love Bill Murray, but I there's nothing I liked about seeing him nominated for that. He film. didn't do anything special in that performance yeah, at all. No, it was it was not worth it. All right, that we, was the worst movie. The number one beer of the year. And we drank a ton of fantastic beers. Mm-hmm. Mine's come up tonight already. And I, well, I fucked my joke up. I'm starting. <laughs> I know what you guys are thinking. Back in episode 88, we finally drank a masterpiece from Four Corners Brewing. 
El Chingo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you this before I tell you my pick. Number in one. 2020, oh and I'm going to blame COVID for this, my beer palate has changed and evolved more than maybe any other beer, any other year in my craft beer journey. Because every system of beer drinking that I enjoyed was ruined. I couldn't go to the, my favorite bar to pick the things. And when I went to that bar, I'm going to pick something I know. Yeah. And my... <clears throat> My fiance decided to go gluten free during COVID, like not during COVID, but during 2020, right. which meant that my number one beer drinking cohort for the last seven years is now no longer my number one beer yeah. drinking cohort. So the beers that I choose to drink at home, I'm drinking alone. And it changed the way that I drank yeah. at home. Cherish the fact you had a beer drinking cohort. Yeah, you never had? Kylie does not drink beer. We fell in love on the beer trail, you know? But luckily, we've evolved to scotch, and everything's fine in the relationship. But um, (laughs) There's still grain in scotch. Understood, but (laughs) these are weird rules, David. They're not normal. Um, No, my number one beer of the year, though, is a... I'm glad to say that no IPAs appear on my list, that I'm evolving into yeah. not only trying, that but, is, that but is a big move. definitely seeking out different styles. And you've already mentioned it. In episode 114, we drank our first beer from Kansas, and it blew all of our minds. Um, in fact, Carlos, you talked about how novice beer drinkers won't enjoy this when adva- you called it advanced senior level beer drinking mm-hmm. and that's that peach contrails that you've already mentioned david it's eight yeah. percent abv wildale from central standard brewing and i think i just fucked david over again <laughs> i'm sorry no you didn't fuck me over we just agreed we should have gone counterclockwise I, it was it was also my choice for it was uh, so number good one. it was number a, one? it was a great beer it yeah. stuck with me it was my most surprising brewery like i said yeah. a beer that stood out like that that made me think I need to drink more beers by this brewery. How could I not put mm-hmm. it as my number one? So it, it is also my number one. And the idea that that that, that farmhouse was so complex yeah. it was just so good. It was. Yeah. Well, before we get to the number one beer, I'm going rogue. Oh, okay. okay. Well, as you're doing that, Let's I'm talk just about this just blueberry vanilla porter. This blueberry from vanilla Beach. porter is really impressing me because. Blueberry is kind of a subtle flavor, mm-hmm. I think, especially when you try to mix it in with something as robust and sort of roasty and chocolatey as a stout tends to be, or a porter, I'm sorry. And uh, it does it. I'm getting the blueberry, even after having the Kentucky Fog yeah. from... Uh, Which could have killed your palate, really. Yeah, it was a very I mean, strong it was huge. flavor. It was yeah. a huge beer. But I'm still getting through the mist yeah. of that uh, you know, sort of taste experience that I was having. I'm still getting the blueberry. I'm going back for That's more just to nice. find what you're looking, what you found. You're I'm not, not getting I'm the not blueberry tasting at any all? blueberry oh. at all. Carlos, break the tie. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm sorry, Carlos. I'm not disappointed in the beer. It's very mm-hmm. drinkable. The 5.1's a nice downshift from the 14.1. Okay. You know, yeah. uh, you can see real evolution and progress in their craft. Mm-hmm. But, but but this one's not hitting me over the head. It might be in the wake of this. You know, ex- excellent. We well, didn't get County. that much of it, yeah. so it shouldn't be. A That's problem. true. But a little bit goes a long way. It has to. Uh, I am. I'm very much in between the two of you because I. I'm. I'm very much enjoying this beer, mm-hmm. and I think that you know when you hear blueberry vanilla porter with the kinds of beers that we are used to drinking, and especially some that we've drank tonight, um, 
you would be expecting big, bold, punchy blue, right. like like the blueberry crumble from Ingenious, for instance. Like that's a mm. big, bold, punchy beer, mm-hmm. and I think this one is taking a more subtle approach to it, mm-hmm. and I think it's doing it very well, especially given the five point one percent kind of range that we're in. Uh, but I think it's very, I think it's good. I, I mean, I like this beer, um, and it's something that I would definitely return to, uh, and. You know, I think I think they've done a good job at taking a more subtle approach to it. Nice. Now, this rogue beer that I'm bringing is a is 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 an allusion to my number one beer of the year. And you know, we've had oh, so we've perfectly had, timed, perfectly timed, and so we've had some smoothie sours, the brains, and the we had a puff tart, I think, at one point from Brewing Project. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we have never had is a smoothie stout. Okay. Ooh. So this is wow. a triple berry hazelnut smoothie stout, and it is a collaboration between Microphone Brewing and Untitled Art. It comes in Ooh. at 10% ABV, and it is an imperial smoothie stout brewed with strawberry, raspberry, blueberry concentrate, cacao nibs, and milk sugar. And guess what my fucking number one beer of the year is? You guessed it. It's press play. Oh, from yeah. microphone brewing. Wow. It's an imperial rice stout ale with cacao nibs, hazelnut, and vanilla aged in four roses barrels. This is a Harold We've come full circle, Ramos. Folks. We've this is come a Harold Ramos uh, beer that he brought out on our last uh, I remember Best of 2019. It, being exceptional. it was really yeah. fucking good. Yeah. And I I knew when I had this, I was like, this is one of the best beers that I have ever had. And when I saw that this I was going to bring this beer out already, this smoothie stout, because hmm. smoothie stout is not a thing that you hear often. You know, smoothie sour, no. sure, that's common, but smoothie stout, no. And so when I saw this, I was like, okay, this is a beer that we have to have because we've never had a quote-unquote smoothie stout before. And then once I realized that it was a collaboration with Microphone Brewing, I was like, okay, this is the perfect tie-in to my number one beer of 2020 and what are the berries that uh go into this triple berry? strawberry it's on the strawberry candy. raspberry blueberry concentrate look at that and the blueberry and connection sugar. we just had a blueberry porter i mean this it's is an interesting pour look, this is top tier programming yeah it's an interesting pour because we had a uh smoothie berliner weissen earlier and it poured thick right it was very thick. See solids this poured opaque but you can tell that it's thicker and has some materials in it uh, I thank you. Uh, I, smoothie stout this is our first yes. one on the show. Smoothie stout, yeah. First smoothie first, stout. First I mean, it's the first smoothie stout I've ever even yeah, heard I think of. It's Big the first berry one bouquet had on the yeah. show. Big berry bouquet, oh, not so much hazelnut. Art. Oh, untitled art. Okay, so look, and microphone. The Shout only thing that's left left is the number one film of the year. This is the the climax, right? I don't care who go. I don't need to go last. Does anybody want to go last? I no. mean, I'll, I can. Go, I, I, I can think, go think first. I should go first. I think I should go okay. first. Okay, I haven't gone first yet, though. But yeah, go, but I think I should go first. A couple times. I think I should okay. go first. Have I gone first? If only oh, because. Okay, okay. If only because mine has already been hold on, on both of your lists already. David, both hold, of our David, lists. Hold on, call it, David. It, he went possessor, first cow, nomad land, never, rarely, so rarely, rarely, sometimes, always. I thought his number one before we walked in the door tonight was going to be first cow. I thought it was going to be Nomadland. Okay, now it's either Lovers Rock or Mangrove. I know that's is it Lovers Rock? Oh, it's, uh, is it Lovers Rock? It's Lovers Rock. Okay. Wow, 
Yeah. I'm surprised I'm Mangrove very, is non. I'm very surprised, I'm very surprised it's Lovers five. Rock. Yeah. Why? I'm not surprised it's Lovers Rock. I just I, I'm surprised Mangrove didn't appear on your top five. Ma- unless Mangrove you're saying, uh, is great, and yeah. and it probably should have been in the honorable mention. But that I felt like that would give away the fact that I had put Lovers Rock in yeah. my top five. So Lovers Rock makes sense for you. I'm yeah. I'm surprised that it's that high. It's a perfect film. Mm-hmm. There, there's, there's very few films that I see, and I just well, it, there are lots of films I see and I love, but then there are very few films that I see and I just know instantly that there's not anything I would want changed in that film, and that's Lovers okay. Rock. I mean, I see Lovers Rock, and I think this is exactly what it should be, and I'm gonna want to watch this again and again and again. And again the and only crime—the only crime—is that I haven't already. So, uh, Lo- Lovers Rock for me, very comfortably, number one. All this means is is that you were one step ahead of me, and all of like when what I does kept, that mean? When I kept trumping you and like picking yours before. No, I'm one step behind you because we went backwards. <laughs> so, do you want to go next? Or you want me to go next? I'll go next. Okay, go next. hold on. Let, let, let me give you for those out there listening, paying attention. The Five Bloods, number five, Promising mm-hmm. Young Woman, Lovers Rock, mm-hmm. and Black Bear. Black Bear. I know you're number one. What is it? Palm Springs. Oh, you're fucking right. I knew that you knew. Oh, I knew that you knew. This is like a fun game of Clue. This is, yeah. Uh, Fuck, man, it's Palm Springs. It's so fucking good. Uh, I, you know, we were talking about best performances and stuff earlier, and, like, I had half a mind to pick J.K. Simmons in this movie. I mean, he's he's fucking good in this movie. I mean, and I'm honestly... You know, I know we're going to talk about Golden Globes after hours. I mean, if we have an after hours at this point, <laughs> this episode's been so long. Call an Uber. But uh, I was so upset when I looked at the Golden Globe winners this morning and I saw Sasha Baron Cohen winning for a comedy film yeah. because I really, I just wanted Andy Samberg to get it. And I know he didn't give some transcendent performance. I know he didn't do what Aubrey Plaza did in Black Bear, but I just... Th- I would have been much happier had the film won film rather than Samberg I, I, winning over... I, I agree with yeah. that, but I didn't... But I had much less hope for it winning film versus Samberg winning for performance, I, I think, yeah. uh, for whatever reason. Um, but this movie's so good, and it is really digging into kind of like deeper philosophical issues and stuff like, and ideas and themes. And, you know, uh, I rewatched it Valentine's day night, the night before the freeze. (laughs) I re I I couldn't sleep. And so I was like, you know what? I'll put this on and maybe I'll get tired or whatever. I didn't get tired. I was just so wrapped up in the movie and I was just so locked in and rewatching it. I was like, you know, I realized once the film ended, the only time loop I want to be stuck in is where I just get to watch One this movie over this. and over Aww, again, you know? And it's, it's just, it's so fucking good. And I love it so much. And it, it gives me, it, it gives me the same kind of feeling that Booksmart did the year that that came yeah, out. You're a just, huge fan of Booksmart. And I've rewatched it several times since it came out. And it's just one of those movies that I know I can return to mm-hmm. and I can still enjoy with the same enthusiasm as the first time I saw it every time I watch it. Yeah. And I think that a film that is able to do that and is able to capture that same kind of joy and interest and just 
enthusiasm every single time is a movie that is worth being recognized and it is a movie that is worth being number one on my top five of the year nice. and i just love this movie so much and i think uh, everybody I'm, should I'm, see I'm it. glad i'm it's glad this is in your life glad it's getting the love yeah. yeah okay so my top five so far possessor nomad land american utopia lovers rock y'all know what my number one is. i know what your number one is go ahead black bear do you think i have no idea um yeah, it is. It totally is. From the moment I, I saw it, I, I think felt even it, before I heard five yeah. through two, I knew it was going to yeah, be black. Yeah, it's that two act structure that you can analyze and analyze and analyze. And if you liked it the first time, watch it a second time because it lays out this intricate little weird art show mm-hmm. of what this film is. And I said it during the episode: this film is not getting the attention that it deserves. Mm-hmm. Aubrey Plaza did not get the attention that it that she deserves. Not at all. Um, Christopher Abbott. Let's let's not forget. No, him. he's great. Yeah, he was great in Possessor. He's yes, great in this. Right. He's I love this movie. And I, I recommend it every single day. Yeah. yeah, it it is truly criminal that it is not getting Oscar buzz. It's not getting any you know really anything. And I, and I get that it might be a little too much. For the I, average I feel audience, like but. this is, but I was going to say this earlier, and and but now I'm remembering it. Uh, you know, I think this is one of those films that, for Lawrence Michael Levine, for Aubrey Plaza, and for Christopher Abbott to a certain extent, I think it helps establish them as figures ready to go to the next level. I think we're going to see a lot more out of them because of this. I don't think this is like a the climax of of their Ooh, careers right. i think we're going to see more coming out of them and i think five years from now when everybody's when perhaps levine is in the mix for best director or plaza is in the mix for best actor or, or actress um no, we won't be surprised mm-hmm. but no. yeah the, the, I, 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 we have a mutual friend i think all three of us jimmy and he's talking yeah. about his top ten. I said, "Have you seen Black Bear?" Mm-hmm. So I said, "Oh, I'll check it out." And I, I, I expect him to. He's a film guy. He, yeah. If I, if 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 enough people give him a recommendation, he's going to watch it. Then he he did the same bullshit a couple months later. It was like, uh, "Oh, I watched these. These are my top five films." Have you did you watch Black Bear yet? No. There's something about the pedigree of this film, or the synopsis, or the or Aubrey yeah. Plaza's the lead that. It's keeping people from thinking that it's going to be what it turns out to be. It's going to be serious. Yeah, Yeah, it is so good. And uh, I'm so glad that it's in my life. I could have put Lover's Rock at the top, too. I mean, really, I could have flipped a coin. Yeah. Uh, But Lover's Rock seems to be the biggest... Overlap. uh, Kind of overlap. The Venn diagram of the three of us tonight is Lover's Rock. I I anticipated that to an extent. I, I, I would have been surprised had you guys not jumped on Lover's Rock. So we all agree that Black Bear has been this criminally overlooked film. Um, do we think that the Smoothie Stout is a criminally overlooked <laughs> style? I mean, I'm, I'm curious because, you know, this was, uh, you know, so let me just give a little backstory for this beer. I mean, I mentioned earlier in the episode, I think, that <laughs> my friend Nathan is always sending me beers that he gets in Austin and stuff that we can't get here. And it's always like, fuck you. Like, why are you doing this? Like, I can't get this stuff. Like, you're just bragging at this point. But this was one of those beers that he had sent me. It was like, man, like, I just got this. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, whatever. And he was he, he, he was talking about how good it was and that I needed to try it. And I was like, well, fuck you. If you're not going to bring it to me, how am I going to try it? Like, I'm not going to get it here. And so as soon as it showed up, I was like, I need to grab this and give it a go. Um, and I tried it on my own outside of the podcast. And I was like, 
this is a beer that we need to talk about mm. just based on the flavor profile. I was like, there is, there's much to discuss here, I feel. And so I knew that I needed to make sure out of all the beer that I bought, this was the one that I was like, 100% we're talking about this on the show. And the rest, I was like, I'll, I'll try them and see which one is the best and which one I think that is worth discussing. And that's how I landed on the Peaches Sour. But it's, this one, I, I, I knew I knew we needed to tackle. It's two terms that you don't expect to go together. Smoothie. And stout, 100%. Milkshake yeah. makes sense, smoothie. Yeah. But smoothie and stout. Uh, there's a through line in our conversation about berry-flavored beers having a cough syrup thing. Mm. I will tell you that... Cherry specifically for me, but... I will tell you the first couple of ounces were a huge, like, bump to get over. I I needed to smooth my palate down so that I could enjoy this thing. I get that. And I think it came with it warming up in the glass. This is not a... Beer to drink straight out of the refrigerator. Yeah, you're gonna have a much different up. experience when you warm it up. I'm holding sure. it. I'm cupping my tulip glass in my hand to, <laughs> yeah. to try to warm it up. I think that this is so complex. There's a lot to it. There's a lot to this. Yeah. And the first couple of sips just needed to kind of reset. And now, yeah, I'm in a whole different mindset. The the the, the berries are front and center. There's a lot of hazelnut though, isn't there? But the lactose makes it so drinkable. I I when I first took when I took my first sip of this on Thursday night, which was, you know, five four or five days before we're recording mm-hmm. this episode, almost a week before you're hearing it, I remember being kind of struck by the hazelnut hitting me mm. front and center. I'm, not I'm getting definitely getting berries. Though. I'm definitely getting berries. I mean, I do. I, I I get what you're talking about, Carlos. It's in there. It's just such a big beer. It I is. Mean, it's a big fucking beer. The, if I have any criticism, it's that, I mean, I don't think I would want to drink this 12-ounce can or a 12-ounce can myself. I mean, that we split a couple 12-ounce cans is already almost at my limit mm, for how much I want to drink of this beer. Just because it is so big, there, it's intense. There, yeah, yeah. There, there's something about. Um, I had no problem with the twelve ounce of this. Well, that's myself. good, and 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 it's probably just that it's twelve ounces coming after all the Kentucky that we've had fog. This night. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, yeah. he's in a Kentucky fog over there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where am I? Where? I need the Kentucky where? rain. Where's me? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but it's a tremendous beer. I think the smoothie stout is as valid a style as the smoothie sour. Mm-hmm. Um, the smoothie sour probably more drinkable. The smoothie sour is probably a little more drinkable because the the it's the acidity helps kind of cut that a little yeah. bit. And it, this is more you know the chocolate decadent rich. It's dessert for sure. It is. It's a it, yeah. It, it it exists in there with those pastry stouts with those barrel aged stouts. Yeah, it's an interesting review. It's a lot. It's a great beer that I don't want twelve ounces of. It's it's an interesting review, and I appreciate the take. Well, it's like um, it's like what I said about the hurt. No, I know, I'm Brad, fucking around. You know? yeah. It's uh, yeah, like I said, I called it complex. Yeah, but that's a nice way of saying this. It's an intense, intense flavor profile. Well, you know, if I knew this was the beer I was having that night, then you'd clear. You the know, decks. twelve ounces is probably okay. Yeah, but mm-hmm. but if it's something I'm having in succession with a bunch of other beers, yeah, I probably just want a couple ounces. It's not a session. It's not part no, of your session. No, no. no. And, and you know, I think that 
I think part of the conversation that we have had tonight specifically, but that we often have about beer is a conversation that might be slightly foreign to a more casual beer drinker because us as you know, people that are always seeking out new and different things and are always looking for new and interesting beer experiences, we can kind of find something that we really like and we enjoy and that we admire, but that we can also say four ounces is fine. You know, and <laughs> yeah. I think I and I think a lot of people when they're talk when they're thinking about beer and when they're thinking about what they're going to buy and what they want in their fridge and what they want to try, are like, wait, if I can't drink a whole can of it, why do I want it? Right. You know, if I, think, I can't have a six I'm, so, pack. I'm supposed to be slamming yeah, cans. I'm supposed what are you to be talking about? I'm supposed to be sessioning these and if I can't session them, you know, whatever. And I think that you know, I think that that's valid. I think that, you know, a beer that you can drink a few of in a row is a very, you know, valid desire in your beer drinking experience. But I think that you should also keep room for those things that it's like, yeah, four or five, six ounces is plenty, but it's an interesting experience. Just yeah. like just like there are some films that you can see once and you can be like, wow, that film was intense. It really affected me. It was a very specific yeah. Experience. Maybe I'll revisit it once a year, once every other year, yeah. whatever. But that doesn't mean it at it is any less of a film than something that you can just like casually no, pop it's, on it's, in the background. Absolutely. It's it it can be very my number two film, never sometimes uh, uh wait, I'm gonna blow. Never rarely never sometimes, rarely, always. sometimes always. NRA S was, before the oh yeah. It's an incredible <laughs> film. NRSA. But it is not something that I'm going to want to watch any time that I just have spare time to put on. You know, yeah. like it's it, that's not my go-to. The film that I always think of it's meatier, is, heavier. The film that I always think of is Gaspar Noe's Irreversible. Uh. Like that is a really disturbing, well, yeah, very well, intense film, but it is also very well done. It is also very sure. like in its own right a fantastic film a very mm -hmm. well done film and it is a film that's worth seeing yeah but it's not a casual watch no. it's not something you want to watch maybe once every one two three years at best you know right um yeah, but it's a film I, yeah. worth seeing you know it's not something that should be ignored and right. we uh, we worked our asses off trying to get these best films of 2020 watched yeah. There's a few that we haven't seen yet that appear on lists and award shows. The Father. Yeah. yeah. Minari. Yes. Minari won Minari's some getting stuff a lot night. of love and yeah, it's getting right. that late uh late award season now kind of push, yeah. two years in a row uh, Korean push. Yeah. <laughs> cuz you'll remember last well, year yeah, we Korean American this time, but yeah. Say it again. Korean American this time. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I was just referring to last year's Parasite yeah. and how Bong we Hoon, unanimously yeah. agreed it was the number one film of the year. I liked the diversity amongst us this year. I liked the overlap for us this year. Yeah. And I think that 2020 is a year in the books that I'm ready to put in the books and never talk about again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll revisit some of the films, but yeah. I want to watch Palm Springs again based on Carlos's sure. you gotta watch, I mean, enthusiasm. I almost... It's as, great. It's good. I almost watched it again as soon as I finished it. I was almost like, let's go. And, let's let's, let's <laughs> run it back. This motherfucker. I mean, it's right. just so good. Uh, well, I think that, oh, what a fun episode. I know. This yeah. is, it might be one of our longest episodes yet, but there was so much to talk about and there was so much that happened, uh, especially because, you know, 
if we're in lockdown, what else are we going to do except make podcasts and drink beer and watch <laughs> movies? You know, that's what we were going to do uh, when the world shut down. It was it was inevitable. But ultimately, at the, at the end of the day, we want to hear from you, the audience. We want to know how you're feeling, what you're thinking. And we, more than anything, want to know your top five films of 2020. And by top five films of 2020... Maybe you watched them at the beginning of 2021 because of the way that things were released. Maybe that's how it happened. And we are open to that. So we really want to hear from you. Uh, there are a ton of ways you can get in contact with us and you can uh, open this dialogue with us. Uh, all of your favorite social media platforms, Twitter at Beer Movie Show, Instagram at Beer and a Movie, Facebook.com slash Beer and Movie TX, Beer and Movie Podcast.com. If you want to hear all of our super spicy hot takes about the Golden Globes and other things, uh, and you want to hear us drink and talk about more beer, you can find us on patreon.com slash beer and movie podcast. Um, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please rate, review, and subscribe. We want to be the first thing that pops up anytime someone searches for a podcast about beer or a podcast about movies. If you leave a written review, I may just review your review on the show. Everyone knows it's my favorite thing to do is review the reviews. Um, but this has been another year in review episode on Beer in a Movie. And until next time. See you next year. Uh-huh.